the stew. Coming to you live from the stew. Try again. Just do it until you get it like a couple times. Should I like cross it like the Yeah, like, you look like a fucking pro. Ah, fuck it. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> What's good, y'all? Everyone, welcome to episode four of Loading with Will and Finn. And we are excited to welcome our first female guest this week. Ooh. Allison Giss is in the house. And we are back in studio, as you can tell. Um, we were, had a great week last week with Hunter uh, at his house. And we are excited to get rolling this week. Yeah, awesome. So um, we have known Allison since high school. She's been a longtime friend of ours. Uh, all around great person and someone we admire. Uh, so we kind of thought it'd be fun to recap uh, our lives since high school <laughs> through college oh to God. now, now that we're on the oh, brink yes. of adulthood. Now we're successful adults. Yeah, well, somewhat <laughs> successful. Faking Yeah, it. mildly. Yeah, um, so it would be kind of cool to just rehash some of the funnier moments and kind of just, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, explore what it was like growing yeah. up here. Similar to the Bible, we kind of have a funny uh, origin story as far as uh, our friendship goes. <laughs> Very uh, funny. Uh, we can uh, we can yeah. break it down for you, Yay. but uh, yeah, it was a rough night for Finn just to, just to start. Yeah. But it was our uh, our senior year graduating night. Um, we went to Loyola High School, and you went to Maricosta High School, a, the public school. a public school Beach. down in Manhattan. The Beach. freaking make believe public school, like yeah, yeah it's, like it's, a, it's a it's a private yeah. public school. It's very nice. It's yeah. very nice for those who haven't been there before. Um, and it happened to be their prom night for some reason, um, and we we. <laughs> crashed their their prom after party at um one of allison's best friend's house penny yes it um, was a crazy night i would say it was a crazy night and i think the first time i like when i envisioned the first time i met you i just remember you upside down yeah. on this like yeah. the workout contraption it involved <laughs> you remember when those workout spine stretchers were a yeah. big deal my like, grandma like, has one yeah like where you'd flip up you can do by the way it stretches your back out it can be good for you i feel like it's well, horrible when you're like, like humans aren't bats we're not meant to be <laughs> yeah. in that natural space like there's no way that's good when you are you. rather inebriated and you should not be hanging upside down, moral of the story. Yeah, oh, turns wow. out blood to the head is not what you need. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but we're gonna take it back to high school. And uh, we all know that Allison had a very successful high school golf career, as you guys just saw successful. with her um, immaculate yeah. balancing <laughs> skills. The ball's behind the couch. Um, but yeah, tell us, uh, tell us how you got into golf. Okay, well, I originally started playing golf when I was younger with my dad. He loved to play all the time and we got to Palm Springs and play a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's how it really started. I remember playing when I was 10 years old. And then it kind of transitioned. In high school, my college counselor was Rick Singer, the infamous Rick Singer college counselor scandal. If you don't know who he is, Google his name. It'll, there'll be- It'll pop up. It'll He's going to prison. Up. He's going to prison. He's serving some time right now. Yeah, Lori Laughlin, Olivia Jade, all of them. So he would come to my house every other week and it was like I was either a freshman or sophomore in college and he's like Allison high school and yeah in high school sorry and he's like Allison you need to play a sport how did you know like how did you know him so one of my dad's co-workers um used to work with him okay in gotcha. some capacity and was like this guy's money well no wonder why <laughs> now we know why <laughs> now we know why you got to pay money and you get into school <laughs> Forewarning though, I never paid any money. I didn't do anything illegal or bad. I didn't lie. So, 
I got into Berkeley on my own. Yeah, all on her own, man. <laughs> Allison's a smarty. She didn't need golf to get her in there. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding well, citizen, Allison. <laughs> I ended up quitting golf, so it didn't help me anyway. But um, I started golfing my freshman year of high school, and I was decent. But as time went on, I realized, one, that, okay, the girls on the team were a little weird. Oh, golf girls. Yeah. <laughs> golf girls. They weird? <laughs> and I was like, do I want to associate myself with them? They were really nice people, though. This is Which is not your crowd. Not your it's crowd. It's not my crowd. It's not my crowd. Dude, that's totally fair. No problem. That's all totally fair. And I feel like fair. part of like being on a sports team is like loving the people you're playing yeah, with. Yeah, you got to have that team camaraderie. Yeah, and if exactly. you don't vibe, then you don't vibe. I feel like especially in high school, it becomes your social circle a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. the people, especially starting out freshman year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you kind of grow into that group and with them throughout yeah. the next four yeah. years. And once you realize you don't need a fake roster spot to get into college, <laughs> you can just get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. 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 So I got a question about this Rick Singer cat. Yeah, go Did you it. guys ever, like, were there rumblings around the neighborhood or, like, in communities, like, this guy's mm -hmm. definitely hooking around yeah. for people, or was it just all very covert? There was, okay, there were some signs looking back at it mm -hmm. that I, like, when I was in the moment, mm -hmm. I didn't realize. Totally. But then looking back, I'm like, that's a little weird. Like what? So, what were the sketchy vibes? Oh, like sketchy vibes. Yeah. Um, when I was filling out like the college applications, he wanted me to lie and say my mom just graduated high school, nothing more. And then mm. so I'd be sucks. like a call. Yeah. I'd be like, like a, a first, first generation. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And then also he wanted to say I was either Hispanic or Native American or something like that. What? And yeah. <laughs> So he's like, you need to do this. Like, well, the way he approached it too yeah. was so, in, like, he like really Very tricked clearly. your mind. Yeah. Because he's mm -hmm. like, Allison, I really wanted to go to Vanderbilt or Michigan. And at the time, like, Vanderbilt was my number one. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Allison, how badly do you want to get into Vanderbilt? That's awful. Wow. Yeah. It's such an unfair thing to I put know. on it. It's hard to like, Yeah. why would you test someone's like, you know, morality as a senior in high school or a junior yeah. in high school like that. Cause you know, that's what's that's the answer to that stuff. really, really badly. Because mm -hmm. all you can think at that age is this, my, the rest of my future yeah. hinges on this one action, right. you know? Yeah. And obviously as you get older, you learn like reality, it doesn't, but a lot of things are going to make up your future. And you know, mm -hmm. even now our futures mm -hmm. are very much undecided. Yeah. Did you just do that? I did. Shout a little, out to undecided a little future. Under that age. <laughs> hey. um, but even now, our futures are undecided. But at that age, you're just like, if I don't go to this school, mm -hmm. I'm screwed. My life's you know over. I mean? Or my life's over, you know? Right. Or it's like I'm at a huge disadvantage. That's sneaky. That is really it was sneaky. sneaky. So I was like, kids. obviously, like, I really want to go to Vanderbilt. Yeah. He goes, mm -hmm. if you want, you can get in 100% if you put it down that wow. you are Hispanic. I'm like, but I'm not. But like, do they, yeah, like how do, is there any fact checking that goes on? So he, yeah, he made it clear. He goes, just so you know, it is illegal for them to ask you your ethnicity. So there's no way that they'll ever know. Wow. So you can just straight up lie on your yes. college app. And I'm sure a lot of people do it, like, apart from Rick Singer. Hmm. My, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So that happened. God, My man. parents, like, heard it. They were, we were in the dining room and they were in the kitchen. They kind of overheard some things. And I walk in, like, Allison, you're not doing that. Yeah. Like, you don't, like. We're not comfortable with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're yeah. not doing that. Like, you want to know you got into school because, like, you deserved it. Totally. And mm -hmm. you, like, were good enough to get into it. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. Didn't lie. Right. So you did mention that those were your top three schools, Berkeley, mm -hmm. Michigan, and Vanderbilt. Yes. Ultimately, it came down to Michigan and Berkeley? Well, or... I, so I got waitlisted at Michigan, and I got into Berkeley right away. Mm -hmm. Michigan was my number one. I remember I was literally going to be going on a flight to visit Michigan, and the waitlist turned into a rejection. 
which I was like, what the heck? No. Yes. Damn. Wow. Yes. That's a bummer. Well, That's crazy. And While you were, like, boarding the plane? No, I wasn't or? boarding. I was, like, literally about to leave my house. So wow. we canceled the trip that second. I'm like, okay, screw wow, it. That's a bummer. How did you feel during that moment? I felt bummed, but the thing is, I just had, since I got into Berkeley already, yeah. I was like, I have that safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later... At least you didn't find out on the trip. That, that was sucked. sucked. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They, at least they spared you, you know, the... <laughs> You know the shame of flying to Ann Arbor and doing the trip, wasting yeah. <laughs> like, two days like, there. Like, I'm not going here. Rejects. Yeah, yeah. Shout um, out to Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> I know I never got to visit you guys, but whatever. Time goes on. So um, you'd gone into Berkeley already. Yeah. So I got into Berkeley. And did you know people there? Like, how comfortable and familiar with that? Like going to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know a lot of people at Berkeley. There were some, obviously some people from my high school that went that I wasn't super close to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to them. They kind of showed me around campus. I like flew up for a weekend and I was like, okay, I like it here. The campus is super pretty. Mm-hmm. Berkeley mm-hmm. as a city is very interesting. A little crunchy. We're about, little... To, get, we're about to get into we'll that. Get into okay, that. Okay, we'll get into okay. that. Um, but my whole thing was, I was always nervous about going to an in-state school because yeah. I'd never, I did not, I did not up. want to have high school all over again that was like my number one thing was just getting a complete change of scenery and for me for for me i didn't apply to a single school in california Um, like the closest school to to me that i applied to was arizona Mm -hmm. and you know that was that was a safety but yeah um i was very much concerned with like getting a complete new change of scenery i wanted to get out of la and then you know here i am back but uh i kind of wanted to have my time away So did that ever cross your mind wanting to get away or like, yeah. how did that, did you ever feel like you were trapped by, you know, being in California and not going far enough or do you yeah, think Berkeley definitely. was far enough? Um, originally, like when I was applying to schools, I barely applied to any California schools. Too. I was about to say, it sounds like I the first two were like yeah. opposite side of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to leave because I knew I wanted, kind of like you, I wanted to come back afterwards. So I mm-hmm. wanted to get that new experience. However, it just didn't really work out that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and going up to Berkeley, honestly, it was a far enough distance where it's not like a quick drive away where I can be home. Right. Your parents can't like surprise visit mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's kind of something that was like had to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Far away for me to like definitely get the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was far enough away and a lot of people from my high school did go to Berkeley and like a lot of Loyola guys did too. True. We had like 30 plus kids. I think that was the school that most of our class went to like the the highest proportion really? of our graduating class went to berkeley and santa clara so a lot of norcal kids shout out to those guys mm-hmm. yeah um and then but everyone i met there like a lot of my friends i didn't know any of them in high school or when i was younger at all so it was all like a new like new experience to me. same exact thing you know what i mean you might as well be at a new in another state you exactly. know it's like all of those people are the same it's not the 14th grade or the 13th grade or yeah. whatever you know all right, so you did mention it briefly, but Berkeley is definitely an interesting town. Yeah. And for anybody watching this not from California, they definitely associate Berkeley with liberalism and being one mm-hmm. of the most uh, quirky liberal schools in the, in the country. So we were wondering if you could attribute anything, like if there are anything... What's your crazy Berkeley moment? Yeah, what, what, what was <laughs> like your moment first we like, oh, moment we were like, <laughs> wow, things are different here? Yeah, um... Well, right off the bat, I guess, I think it was either my freshman or sophomore year, a huge riot went on on campus oh, wow. where a lot of it weren't Berkeley students. A lot of it were like people from Oakland coming in and riding. I think mm-hmm. it was because 
some really conservative speaker was um, mm -hmm. going to speak. I remember that. Was that the was it Milo? Milo Yeah, so he was going to speak at um, on campus, like the Republican group brought him in, mm -hmm. and it got protested a ton, like first off by students, and then it just caused a huge scene. Mm. Um, like all of our student buildings were broken into, all of the glasses broken by a huge fire was set on campus. Oh what? my god! Yes, like, like a like a trash fire bonfire? Yes, yes like a huge like flames. Like, trash fire. It was crazy. Um, all the like all the companies around, like the Starbucks and the Noahs, all around. Did they like board up, kind mm -hmm. of like LA recently? Yes, yes, no. it was exactly wow. like wow. that. Wow. Um, and then the, like for the next week after that, like a lot of police were on campus yeah. just to watch. Was it. that weird? It was weird. Was your yeah. freshman year, you said. Yeah, and my mom. So was, was that like, a little alarming? Were your parents like? Yeah, they're like, are you okay? And I think <laughs> at that moment, I wasn't, it was at night when this was all happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I think it was at like a frat party or something. My <laughs> mom was like, are you okay? What's like the protest? Yeah. Like, what protest? I'm having mom? a blast, mom. Don't worry about and me. Yeah. I like saw it all. There's a trash fire like a block away, but Allison doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that um, happened. Talking about like, just like speakers and stuff like that. I remember at Michigan, like probably the same semester, like sophomore year, mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, I don't know why, like a lot of Republican speakers, like very right-wing speakers yeah. were trying to get in on college campuses and, and, you know, spread their message. And a guy named Richard Spencer tried to come to Michigan and he is like a neo-Nazi type dude, like about hardcore right-wing as it gets, super racist guy. And they rejected him too. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't think there are any riots or anything, but that was just a really weird time. Um, you know, after Trump got elected, yeah. um, you know, just with the, with the speakers. Let me stuff. ask you, what was it like going to such a political school? Like, what was the dynamic of that like? Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit hard to get used to because in high school I was not involved with politics. Like that was the last thing on my mind. I don't even think, I mean, this is all bad, but like, I don't think I was even registered to vote, um, when I turned 18. But I kind of take it as a positive. I've learned so much. Mm -hmm. I've become so much more invested in all these political issues, especially that are going on right now, mm -hmm. and all these social issues. Like I care about them a lot more. Most good. So and you, I've learned you definitely them. think you get you like grew as like yes. as a person by totally. going to Berkeley in yeah. terms of like your political views. Oh, fully. I think I grew like yeah, I grew as a person in general, just caring about other people and. Also understanding a lot of other people's, like they're coming from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so much diversity right. there where you really get to understand and empathize with a lot of people, which mm -hmm. was so different from Manhattan Beach. Maybe Finn, totally. can you can you speak on maybe what it would be like? Because for you, the, I'm sure the experience is quite the opposite because Alabama, obviously <laughs> very red state. Okay, so it isn't and isn't. It's a good question. Um, we don't have the political activism that you'd find at a school like Berkeley, you mm -hmm. know? For example, like one, the thing that Allison said that made me ask that question was the Republican group brought this guy on campus. It's like that's Berkeley is a very liberal school and they still have a yeah. strong enough bastion of conservatism and like people that care enough to like source speakers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not really a thing in Alabama. I think we had Ben Shapiro yeah. shove once my senior year. And I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like I was mm -hmm. just like, this guy's just kind of a, <laughs> a lot to deal with. Um, so, I mean, it, going to school there, however, however, one big thing for me was coming from L.A. to Alabama um, was definitely a very big change. I mean, L.A. is obviously one of the more liberal cities in America. Mm -hmm. And then you have Alabama, who is very, very red. Um, but, you know, it's I didn't share a lot of the same political views as my, you know, 
friends and pledge brothers and all that but to a degree that was kind of nice because it kind of just showed that like you could f still find common ground with people and still have really close relationships with people and like have best friends that don't view the exact same things you do mm -hmm. principally they do you know what i mean they believe in equality and you know all of the really big ticket issues where it's like mm -hmm. are you like in my opinion it's like you in order to be a good person you have to kind of right. view these yeah, things right. you know? yeah i wouldn't want to get close to anyone that didn't view that way mm -hmm. um but i mean on other things like you know taxes and you know like maybe they're a lot more religious than anyone i grew up with mm -hmm. you know uh i don't know it was kind of nice to like meet people that weren't like people i'd ever met before but i could still get along with you know um so it was definitely different but i think like allison like i'm grateful for the experience having met a lot of different people and it i think it at the end of the day it just makes you a more dynamic individual to uh to be in like to be dealing with diverse like ideologies and diverse people, right you know? i feel like a big part of college is being exposed to a bunch yeah, of views that you've never sure. heard before and yeah. a lot of them are valid so and, you're like okay now you have to call into question everything that you've been taught or maybe that's been ingrained in your head from your upbringing mm -hmm. from before and it's just a big step forward in your personal growth and to that uh, to that degree i actually probably became a lot more liberal in college despite going to a, a really red school because it made me so much more like you grow up and you know things because your parents believe them or because your friends believe them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden in college, it's your first real opportunity to get to make up your own mind and go, okay, this is why I believe that. And uh, I don't know, just going to Alabama, I saw a lot of things and like just kind of like was like, no, I'm positive that I'm, I, I agree with what I thought in you mm -hmm. know high school. Or maybe I changed, you know, right. where I was like, you know, if anything, I was probably a little more conservative in high school where I was just mm -hmm. like, you know. I, I didn't really understand a lot of the world and I didn't understand a lot of the things that were happening on the other side of the country, you know, yeah. especially racial issues where I was like, dude, this is awful, you know? Right. So it's mm -hmm. just like, it, it, for me, it kind of, uh, it made me double down and really think hard about the things I really care about. All right. So we are going to pivot away from that topic and talk about something a little more lighthearted. Um, Allison recently hosted us at her beautiful house out in Palm Springs. And uh, for those who don't know, um, a big part about Palm Springs is that they host the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival every year in April. In Indio, yeah, down the road. So mm -hmm. uh, we're about to break down some of our favorite Coachella stories because we've oh, all been yeah. there a couple times. So as Coachella veterans, we are going to ask Allison <laughs> some of her favorite Coachella memories. Also, she's a very, very big Coachella veteran. When was the first Coachella you went to? My sophomore year of high school. Sophomore and when year. was the first Coachella your brother went to? Eighth grade. <laughs> Eighth grade, people. We called him Coachella Alex because all, like, all the middle school. Coachella like, Alex. Coachella, Coachella Alex. Alex. Like, it's just crazy that he went to Coachella. Did he wear his wristbands back? Yeah, of uh, course. In high school, I wore my yeah. wristbands. Yeah. All right, so those who don't know, you get these general admissions, you know, wristbands to scan you into the music festival. And... People wear them for yes. literally Dude, the next you six You see months. some people that have never taken oh them off. Yeah, it's have like, sleeve. have oh. like 10 of them on. Yeah. It's like um, I equate them to when you go to like a water park or yeah. Hawaii and you get a wristband. Yeah, exactly. And you're wearing for the whole week. Like, sick, you went to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii, no big deal. Yeah, it's totally um, your brag. Super funny thing from our high school that our dean, our dean of men is like the disciplinarian at our high school. Um, and we went to an all-guys high school, right? And over Coachella weekend... They would always come on the PA like on Thursday saying like, oh, like, I'm sure you guys are all going to come down with the Coachella virus yeah. this weekend. <laughs> like taking Friday off, Coachella flu, Coachella <laughs> virus. Funny joke that he would drop every year. 
Nothing you could do about it, though. We all did. So <laughs> we all did, and we didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear some of your good Coachella stories. Um. Okay, well, starting off when I was younger, I know the first year I went with my parents, so it wasn't that crazy or exciting, but we did end up sneaking in to Coachella. Mm, that's was, badass. Yeah, so there was a couple of my friends from high school who there was two of them who had tickets and two who didn't. So there's four tickets in total and six of us. Mm. We were like, okay, we can sneak in. We'll just slip off. Like four of us go in, slip off two wristbands, walk yeah. it out, Throw put it, it back on. Adventure. No, because two of us that had the wristbands on had two in our pockets. Oh. Walk out. I don't know if it works to this day, it still works but someone should try it out. Sounds good enough. Yeah. So you walk out, you give it to the the people that are waiting, mm -hmm. and then you for walk in. Once they're you're in the festival, they don't check if you yeah. have a wristband. Right. No, totally. So it works. So theoretically, they use this technology where you cinch the band up and then mm -hmm. for some reason you can't like loosen it at all, right? Yeah. So for girls, it's way easier because they got smaller wrists to slip it right off. But for me, like similarly, my first Coachella, also sophomore year, I went with my uncle and my dad and my uncle just puts the wristband on me and just cinches it as tight as it can possibly cut <laughs> like, on my wrist. Dude. And my my hand was literally purple for the weekend. I could not take it off. And he's like, you just deal with it. And I was just like, oh I'm having God. so much fun. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like I'm losing blood actively. That's awesome. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen if they catch you doing that? Oh, I guess they take I away know. your passes and stuff. Uh, there's Coachella Jail. Oh, so, we know about Coachella. No, no, let me. Hey, I haven't been to Coachella no one's, Jail. No one here has been to Coachella. We did know a kid. One of my friends has. Yeah. yeah. It happens. It uh, happens. Kids get, kids get locked so up. So let's talk about Coachella Jail for a sec. Huh? Yeah, my, well, I'm not going to name her because no. I haven't asked for her permission, but she was <laughs> in high school. She was 17 years old, and I think mm -hmm. she was just trying to sneak in alcohol or something stupid. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, she got through, like, she was going through the security, got caught. Um, they asked for how old she was, she's 17. Mm -hmm. They locked her up in Coachella Jail. That's so surprising to me. Why wouldn't you just take it and kick them out? I know. And I feel like that's what they, I mean, it must have been like, just a really strict security. <laughs> that happened to me. So. <laughs> Did that happen to you too? Yeah, it happened to Finn and I. So, um, for context, yeah, I don't think Finn remembers this, but for context, uh, our junior year of high school, Finn got me a, a summer job working construction for his dad. Yeah. Right? And we had a great summer working construction. Um, and knowing that he had set me up in April, like my birthday is April 21st and it was pretty nice, like a kind of an ongoing birthday present in high school where Coachella passes for me and a friend. Um, so I invited Finn my junior year and do the classic, you know, step on a uh, like big water yeah. bottle, mm -hmm. fill it up, Such put it, tuck it, tuck it in your waistband and you're chilling, right? You're, you're going to have a great day buying, buying lemonades and, and, you know, Mixers uh, and getting dehydrated in the Coachella Valley. Uh -huh. <laughs> which I'll talk about later because that, that ended up being a huge problem for me. Oh, no. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I totally got caught and the guy didn't care. He just like threw it in the trash and on I went. But oh, that's nice. Dude, I, that no was so nonchalant that didn't even register with No me. Coachella jail for me. Finn yeah. doesn't even remember it. See, you kind of remember the big bad things that that's happened true. that weekend. Like we had one friend that got caught with alcohol that weekend and he got thrown in Coachella jail. Uh, that was stagecoach. But, stagecoach yeah. jail. Same, same, same thing. Same, same. Yeah. You know, and I remember that one. Moral but you can story, only remember the things that like you have to deal with. The moral yeah. of the story is it's not wise to try and use a fake ID at Coachella because oh, the guys who strict. the guys who read the IDs are literally cops. And yes. and inside the venue, once you get in there, if you happen to like get a wristband, they are, they're littered with um, undercover, undercover cops that ended up getting a couple of our friends uh, 
a couple weekends later at Stagecoach. But odds are, if you're listening to this, you probably don't need to be worried now that you're probably <laughs> on the age. You're probably Hopefully, right. everybody, uh, maybe not. We got well, some high schoolers listening. <laughs> That's true. But it was kind of funny, like the hijinks of like high school and Coachella. Because Coachella, I remember for me, was very much a coming of age. Like, mm-hmm. it was like my parents were like, Yes, you can go to Coachella. Please don't do anything stupid. Like, please don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Be safe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my parents were letting me and a friend go off somewhere that was a music festival that, like, had reputations of, like, people, like, having fun. You know what I mean? So I remember, like, it was a big deal. When I went, I think it was, like, the same year my sister went. My sister was so upset that I was going younger than her. Okay, she was going for the first time. Because she had had to wait so long for it. You know what I mean? She's like, this is BS. I can't believe you're letting (laughs) Fig go. Like... So it's like very much a coming of age in LA mm-hmm. if you're into that kind of thing, like getting to go and right. do that thing. We also got pulled over on the freeway on the way to Coachella with a bunch of booze in my car and <laughs> no. almost got in really big trouble. And this is also like when Will had his like, so after you get your driver's license, you're not supposed to drive anyone for six months. It's yeah. only in California. It's only in California. Like yeah. You get your driver's license and for six months, you're only supposed to drive yourself, not anybody else. <laughs> Whether or not that's a yeah. good idea, I don't know. We can debate that later. But either way, so... To be fair, though, we were driving up a lot of booze and a lot of groceries and stuff for your dad and your uncle right. that we were staying at their place mm-hmm. in Palm Springs. Right. Either way, this cop was not a friendly guy. Not friendly. And come on, dude. We're just trying to get to Coachella, man. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> Don't think he had any sympathy. He had zero patience for, for me. <laughs> but it was cool. So what's your Coachella moment, Will? Um, just in terms of, like, good memories, I have... I have uh, I can talk about the bad memory first because since we talked about like dehydration, um, <laughs> we were at right. a we were at a show, um, a Flashradamus show, uh, my cousin and I, and I was uh, a sophomore in high school, and we were in the mosh pit, and I had not had any water all day long, oh, and that is a big mistake, big big big. It's mistake. hot out there, folks. It is. It- it's like 100 plus degrees, and you are like you're not invincible. I learned yeah. my lesson. It's 100 plus degrees, and um, you're in a tent that looks massive but there's thousands of people in this right. tent and it, touching people you constantly. are just like it is so warm in there it also, is so like I feel even like, you're sweating even if you're not yeah. dancing you're just sweating mm-hmm. like you could drink a bottle of water i remember i drink it like five seconds yeah. and then i would never have to pee the whole day because i was sweating seriously out yeah exactly all of the liquid in my body so basically i i, I had to like I was like actively passing out as I was walking out of of the <laughs> of the show, and uh, my dad had to come scoop me and like fan me out. So that was rough. Brutal. But uh, in terms of good memories, um, probably when I fell in love with Tame Impala, Finn and I went and saw a Tame Impala. You just show. jacked my good mom- memory. Ah, that was sorry, my exact bro. same memory. I'm sorry. Um, well, I can remind you of another great moment. We were at a super random concert, um, something called some church. Some church was Churches. in the neighborhood. No, not churches. No. It was like a metal band that, for okay. some reason, we were seeing. And Finn somehow we kind of wandered around. Like, yeah. not even good we were, stuff, we, were like... we were wandering around. It was in between sets. Okay, like there was no no good music going on at the time. So we're just waiting for the next show. This one show is about to end. And Finn, for some reason, we just really think it'd be cool if we can get him to crowd surf amongst Dude, all these. This wasn't oh churches. This was bad religion. Bad religion. Which, okay. by the way, is a kick-ass metal band. All right, I did not mean to Very disrespect. Famous. I did not mean to disrespect bad religion. I just <laughs> didn't remember. I knew it had something to do with religion. Yeah, bad um, religion. So Finn, so Finn literally crowd surfs like hundreds and hundreds of yards around. To like, the point, for, like we started at the back, and I crowd surfed 
all the way to the front over the barrier. Over the barrier. And then you have to... To VIP. To VIP, over VIP, to the barrier. And then, I mean, so many people are doing it, they like, you're not getting in trouble for this at all. They just yeah. usher you to the back right. and you gotta go back around. And, uh, well, I was stranded for like 30 minutes by myself at this <laughs> random concert. But, you don't even remember this, he, like, his wallet fell out of his pocket at some point. <laughs> When he was so being when he was yeah. being crowd no it just fell out of his pocket just, yeah and thank God there was this dude that was like six seven and just was holding his <laughs> holding, was holding his wallet up like in the middle of nowhere uh, it in, was in the, the crowd the biggest show of faith ever like um, I, it was the most impossible thing for me to get our, that our faith in humanity ever. was restored when that guy returned Finn's wallet it was it was it was a great story that was an awesome moment that yeah, was really fun moment. I don't know our friend my friend Sarah she would always crowd surf in any like any Coachella like whatever who was ever was performing mm -hmm. she would like just get up there and be like it's a great Bouncing way around. to go to the front yeah, totally also another great way to get to the front is when a mosh pit is about to happen to I know front. this is kind of lame but everyone steps out and you just book it right through and you cut so many people boom. you make it like 25 yards up two things yeah. I want to address with what you just said crowd surfing super fun but every once in a while you'll be crowd surfing and you will reach a gap of people, and oh, you will no. just—they don't see it. You got dropped. Throw you into a gap, and it's just all like ten foot drop. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, his back was hurting. Is, it is right. everyone's wingspan plus their height. You can—it's it's a tough fall. That and the Coachella mosh pits are a dangerous place. Very dangerous. So dangerous. People, especially at a concert like Bad Religion, people are gonna be throwing punches. They oh, don't give a yeah. shit <laughs> what happens to you. It was—it was heavy. So that's the number one rule of a mosh pit: never fall down because you will get like brutally like. Yeah kicked in the ribs and, and shit like and that. stepped on and stuff yeah gotta, gotta watch <laughs> luckily out, nothing on. like that ever happened um but I've, I've seen it and it's not fun to watch yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. all right so my coachella moment um i think it's what will what it is what will was going to touch upon earlier so this was back when tame and paul uh, 2015 20, no 2014 yeah 2015 2015 2014 something like that um and this is like tame and paula kevin parker had taken this big break and I had listened to a little bit of their music, but not a whole lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember it was like, Coachella lineup was like, one of the big things was like, oh, Tim and Paul is coming back. It was like one of their comeback shows. Right. And Will and I watched it, and that was definitely when I fell in love with Tim and Paula. And it's to this yeah. day been one of my favorite bands. Go for, to, for reference, Tame Impala is definitely my favorite band. Yeah, it's so. all it's incredible. Like That was a life-changing moment for us. Kevin Parker is a musical genius, and that was really cool. It was a, like, a, I mean, it's full of great uh, music that weekend. We had Cashmere Cat, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then, obviously, Bad Religion, ACDC, just, like, kind of... Absolutely killed it. Weird, quirky stuff like that, but Tame Impala was... I really was like so how, like, um, in terms of What's Up, Doc, the... Maybe I can just say it now, but there's a really cool documentary on Coachella called 20 Years in the mm, Desert. That one's really um, cool. That is definitely worth watching it's only an hour long it's on youtube it's free that's my what's up doc by the way um and they kind of document like how they construct their lineups and i've always found it really interesting because they mm -hmm. always have a really big rap artist and like an artist for like kind of an older crowd like they guns and roses acdc AC yeah. um trying to think of some other ones like L light uh lcd sound system like a bunch of rage stuff against like the machine rage against the machine was supposed to be this year and then Frank Ocean and travis so I just really, yeah i just really yeah. i just really think it's cool how they like diversify <laughs> like they have headliners for a diverse crowd which yeah. i really like it is really cool and that's a fun thing is you'll see people of all ages there 
Obviously, a lot of kids flock to it, and I think in more recent years, it's become it's like getting younger and younger. a huge scene for people. I mean, even at Alabama, there was kids that never been to LA, and they flew out to Coachella. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, it's one of those things. Well, you, people fly from all over, like, other countries. Yes, right. it's, it's one, the lineups are incredible, but it's also, they do such a good job of create, curating this experience. Mm-hmm. Right. The floating astronauts. Yeah. They've, they've always got these art pieces that are... Amazing. Huge. They're gigantic, and they're beautiful, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. like, kind of very creative. I've always wanted to ask you this. In terms of uh, transition kind of quasi-politics, when you have a house in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. there are... Hundreds, everybody you know is trying to crash. Yeah. Right? So how do you manage that in terms of <laughs> in terms of That's saying brutal. yes to some people oh, and God. saying no to some people? Well, I've learned the hard way because I feel like I just I like to <laughs> just say nice. yes. Yeah. I'm too nice. I like to right. say yes to everyone. I think not I've a bad thing. Not a bad through thing. Through the years that I just gotta say no to the people I don't want at my house. Right. But um in high school it'd just be like our like small friend group. Um mm-hmm. In college, once word got, like, wind got around that I had a house out there. College is, like, yeah, got to be even more brutal. Oh, it was rough. Especially I with, when you go to college, like, driving distance from the mm-hmm. festival. So, like, yeah. costs everyone's are way going. down. Yeah, everyone's going. Yeah, I know my first year, the freshman year of college, my parents were allowing me to go, like, by myself, mm-hmm. just with my friends. They were going to be out of the country. So, I knew... Oof. They couldn't even, like, high drive spread. out there. The stakes were high. High stakes poker. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I knew they weren't going to be able to fly back and yell at me or kick anyone out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I think, I was like, Mom and Dad, just, like, six of my girlfriends are going to be out there. It'll be fun. Um, well, it'll be, like, a wholesome, fun weekend. What was the real head count that I weekend? think it was, like, 15 or 20. That's um, not terrible. And a couple, That's like, there's a couple terrible. guys. But then the issue was... At night, people would, randoms would come back. No. That's tough. it got bad where I had to, like, kick people out. I don't know why I had to. I think there was drama with someone in the house and then someone that walked in. So I had to go out. I had to wake up and be like, you can't sleep here. And they're like, we don't have a key to our hotel, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you can't sleep here. You need to leave. Not my problem. And I think they just (laughs) slept in a car outside my house. It was, I'm like, it's whatever. It's not your problem. That's not, not your problem. problem, yeah. But after that, I feel I've been a little bit more strict. Because that was a just, it ended up being a shit show yeah. that we mm-hmm. got. Because it was also some of my high school friends and then my college right. friends on top of that. So there's a lot to handle. And I'm sure that so, kind of detracts uh, gonna, from your enjoyment, are we going to make that guest too. list next year? Or you guys will. Well, I, like, we'll all be out here now. Um, I know, that's kind so of the fun part. let's do it. Yeah. If it happens in April, let's, let's this is your it. official invite. Hey, we made it. <laughs> you guys it. heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hold you to it. Oh, please. Fingers crossed it happens in April. That's kind of a huge up in the air thing. I saw yeah. this is a so what are they, are they going to keep the same lineup? Or I don't think so. Because no. you got to think, those, uh, those artists have tons of other obligations as well. Mm-hmm. So, right, but all of those obligations have been canceled as well. So it's like, I know. So it's like they're going to probably choose the ones that pay them highest. So it's like, you don't think Coachella pays fat? I think it pays fat. Dude, the headliners make high. many millions of dollars each. Yeah, I know, but you also have like Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, all the really good stuff. I don't know when they're planning on doing it, but I'm sure it's going to be kind of all in a very similar time frame. Yeah. Well, I know Outside Lands. I don't know if it's going to happen in that April, that second right. April, you know? Yeah. Well, Outside Lands canceled and they put out a new lineup. For yeah, Tame's headlining. Yeah, Tame's headlining, but We're it's going. totally different Dude, than... Outside, I've always wanted to go to Outside. Outside Lands is phenomenal. Is it cool? Oh my god. Is it underneath the Golden Gate Bridge? No. No. Golden like, Gate oh, Park. Golden big Gate myth. Park. Big myth. Golden Gate ah. Park is not close well, to the Golden Gate Well, the water is underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't it's know a bridge, it was like bro. a little bridge. I didn't know if it was a little bridge. Believe it or not, the Golden Gate Bridge is actually a bridge. Is it a bridge? Yeah. Does it go over things? Yeah. Oh, God, I always forget that. Yeah. Dude. Um, yeah, I've always but you're in like the forest. Outside. It's amazing. Cool. Okay, I actually have a hilarious story about Outside Lands. So, my um, my godmother is uh, a very awesome lady, and she's wears many hats. It, on top of being an interior designer, she also like she makes hats. She wears many hats. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think she makes them, but uh, she, she might, she's an interior designer for some high profile uh, artists. Um, that we are big fans of, but we can't disclose. Um, and also, she was a part owner in a cookie business that was a regular vendor at um, Outside Lands. So I got a really cool deal where I got two of my friends from Michigan to fly out, and we basically worked four hours a day each day from like 9 a.m. to noon. So before any of the con the real concerts even That's started, so nice. and Allison and I met up um, mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And basically got a free pass. So that's awesome. Basically worked at this cookie store for for, so for three. And realistically, it was probably like two hours because we showed up late or left early every day. <laughs> and one of my friends just didn't even show up the last day. I was like kind of embarrassed about it. But um, <laughs> finagled the way to get a free pass to Outside Lands by working for a vendor. Smoothest move ever. I'm going to try and do that yeah. at, at most festivals if I have no you money. Can, I've tried, I was trying I'm to do Coachella. Mm -hmm. It's harder. Outside Lands is so easy. Even if you don't have a vendor, you just sign up to volunteer. Like, I know my friend volunteered at, like, the <clears> mini golf place there for, like, a couple hours. And yeah, the hours, are so super, yeah. the hours are super minimal because people, such are, a deal. people in San yeah. Francisco are so cool, bro. Everybody, like, I showed up there super late, and they're like, oh, thanks for showing up. Like, <laughs> we, we didn't even expect you to show up. Like, oh, you're like really? Like, okay, I literally could have just picked up my pass and never That's never bad gone. precedence yeah. because I'm like, oh, that's your little. Uh, wow. You don't want to do it like that. No, you can't do your own like that. Or God, Godmother. Mm -hmm. Godmother. Um, well, that's pretty right. cool. Nice little hack out there for anyone uh, mm -hmm. looking to go to festivals on a budget. All right, so we uh, are gonna transition away from music festivals and do something somewhat similar, but uh, we're gonna talk about uh, studying abroad. Um, and for me, this is something that I've always wanted to do um, because I watched my two older cousins, my only two older cousins both went to Spain um, and had like the best time of their lives. Wouldn't stop talking about it um, as as I haven't either. <laughs> um, I'm gonna apologize for anybody who didn't go abroad because the next like probably 30 minutes, 40 minutes are gonna be pretty cringe for We're you. Now then, you might as, might as well just people. skip forward. Because it's about to be you, super obnoxious. You know, like yeah. we, we all know you're just jealous. So it's okay. <laughs> um, so we want to ask you, Allison, what cities were you considering? Why, why did you want to go abroad and originally? And maybe yeah. like what, you know, what was the situation like for you? Similar to you, I've always known I've wanted to go abroad. Any older person I talk to, and I ask them, like, what's your biggest regret, regret that you didn't do in college? Mm, it's so always true. abroad. Always. Like, 100%. Always, yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, I need to do it. Um, Barcelona was honestly, like, my number one since I was younger. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go there. I was potentially thinking Florence just because a lot of my girlfriends were going there that I, um, from Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, you know what? I need to stick with Barcelona. Like, I've been wanting to go there all my life and it was the best decision True. I've ever made. Product placement, by the way, Viva Barça right there. Woo. All right, and uh, Finn, talk about your what, what, what brought you to where you went. So I, like these guys, had known that I wanted to go abroad, but every college student flirts with the idea, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's not until you actually have to make the decision of losing a semester, and you're like, right. man, do I want to lose a semester to come to in terms. school, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. But my sister... 
uh, before me had wanted to do it, but I don't think she could with credits because she got an accelerated master's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so she got a master's in four years, basically. Um, and she couldn't make it work with the credits. And she was always like, I just heard her always say, like, you know, I just wish I could have gone abroad. I just wish. And she had this incredible, rewarding college career, but it was like, always like, I wish I had gone abroad, you know? Mm. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, I was thinking about it, and it's like, I've done the fraternity thing, I've done, you know, our spring parties, I've done football season. Right. I knew I definitely didn't want to miss a football season just because right. it was so special at Alabama. Um, but I was like, I can miss a spring full of parties. That's not a big deal. Um, yeah. So then I was thinking, where do I want to go? My family is super Scottish. My mom's maiden name is MacDonald. My dad got married in a kilt. You know, <laughs> like, we are super Scottish. Is that your plan, by the way? No. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that. That would be that. so funny. I kind of want you to. I throw, like, a... Shred the bagpipes and yes. just wear a kilt. I, I throw a rehearsal dinner in the kilt for okay. sure. The kilt will make an appearance during... Hey, you Good. heard it here first, that. Claire. It's going down in the kilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, hey, the kilt's a special thing. So I'll actually touch upon that a little later, too. So um, my, my family's super, super Scotch. My grandma's, like, a first-generation American. Mm-hmm. And, like, we sh- like she is obsessed with Scots. Like, she literally, like, every good thing about her family, she claims to, like, Scottish gene pool. <laughs> like, she thinks it's, like, an elite thing to be Scottish. Like, yeah. she loves it. Like, so proud, proud of it. So I was always like, that'd be really cool. And I don't think she's – she just went back. So she grew up Scottish, but, like, her family was always poor. I mean, like, it was one of those deals where it's, like, uh, the kids made it out here first, and then the parents followed. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of just kept saving up money to get people to America. Mm-hmm. So it was never like, oh, we're going to go back to Scotland and visit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she had never been, and she had just gone, and it was just, like, such a special thing to her. And I was like, you know, that'd be a really cool thing to, like, kind of get in touch with my heritage like that. That, and I didn't want to go anywhere where other people were going. Just because I knew it would be easy enough. Like, a huge goal of mine, personally, was to tr- do a ton of traveling while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I wanted to get out and about. And I knew I probably wouldn't make it to the United Kingdom. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's the one that's most like America. And it's kind of right. apart from the rest of the That's United. definitely the place I was least wanting to go to. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Like, that's the, the one place I won't be able to make it to. So I, like, had Glasgow, Scotland as my... Yeah, University of Glasgow. Right that and they had a killer business school That's too. Cool. So at, you were able to transfer credits. Um, transfer to credits. Your business degree. Had some incredible professors there. It's the Adam Smith School of Business. Mm. Um, because he went there. Because really? Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, so here's the thing: the and the school is stunning. I wish I could show pictures. The buildings I was studying in were from like the 1500s. Like castles out of movies. They were castles. They filmed Harry Potter there. Oh, you're kidding. So, really? Yes. Wow. So it's... Incre- Fun fact, the uh, Law Quad at Michigan is the only site that they considered for Hogwarts in the United States. They that's say cool. that on uh, Michigan tours. That's very cool. I don't know if that's Fugazi or not, but they say it. <laughs> I used to give tours and uh, we said some Fugazi stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, didn't they? We were, Maybe everybody said We were that. a little like liberal with like what we'd like Just to a credit to ourselves. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> We could have filmed Harry Potter here. <laughs> yeah. In this uh, on this red brick campus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was it was uh it was beautiful. It just kinda blew me away. Yeah, for me, um I was very lucky. Um when I was uh anybody who knows my, my past knows that uh, I lived I was lucky to live in Italy when I was uh in eighth grade. My my dad took a sabbatical year off, um and we our family moved to Florence and um through our like kind of education and we were homeschooled. So we had a very lax schedule and did a lot of traveling. And my parents specifically didn't want to go to Spain 
because they figured that down the line, I would, I would want to go abroad there. And eventually that became the case because like Allison, uh, I also started studying in Barcelona. Um, and maybe we can delve in a little bit more about um, our experience there. Uh, because in terms of the experience, um, I think it's probably my favorite, like cannot talk down on Michigan at all, but I can't deny that that was definitely the best semester of college for me. Oh, I would have um, stayed for another year. Right. Like I also, I actually saw, like heard of people that were studying abroad for a year <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, wow, that's kind of bold. Like studying abroad for a year. And after the semester was over, like in the, the closing weeks, I was like, shit, I really wish mm -hmm. I had some more time here, yeah. you know, cause it, it, you always feel like there's some, there's more stuff that you can do in exploring a city like that. That semester flies by too. Absolutely. Like, fast five seconds. Yeah. For sure. So um, we wanted to ask you, Allison, uh, what were some of your favorite memories, uh, maybe of Barcelona, and then some of your okay. favorite trips that you went on? Um, Barcelona, I, I mean, I'm a huge foodie, so just trying out a bunch of different mm. restaurants was amazing. And we found our favorites, like apart from the typical, you know, the ones that you talk about, like DeGreco and all right, those. Right, like, right, the one Instagram. that Beyonce loves, yeah. Yeah, like apart from those, you try out these like smaller places just exploring. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Also, I know this is overhyped or like talked about a lot, but Bo to be sandwiches. Bo to be sandwiches. I was about to say Phenomenal. that. Oh my god, Bo to be was so dang. Yeah. Oh my god. Cool thing about Bo to too is they put all this stuff on it. And I remember watching mm -hmm. them make it, and I was like, that doesn't look, look good. good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> all the like Greek. It's, it's like all stuff. the Greek ingredients, like olives and red cabbage, mm -hmm. and like they put on like fifteen different veggies on this right. thing. Right. You're yeah. like that. You're, does, like, you're like. And there's like a little bit of meat on it. You're like, I don't know if that's really gonna taste that good. Oh and then God. you bring it out to the beach. Oh. You lay out this. I bought this tapestry in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, had to bring it back. Up um, on the beach, guys. Yeah. Well, they have a huge tourist spread of a bunch of like fake shit you can buy, like a bunch of fake shoes, fake hats, yeah. fake, fake soccer jerseys. That's a real one though, uh, and <laughs> fake tapestries. But uh, I was a sucker for this one because it looked really cool. What's a real tapestry? Um, it's it's like actually like <laughs> high thread count. That was real enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure the real ones are way nicer and not like a dollar. <laughs> so uh yeah. besides the food what else uh what else did you love most about being in barcelona barcelona um just like walking the streets i have like we have some funny memories going out it's so different from berkeley like alabama is a huge party school mm. michigan i feel like is pretty like a pretty good party, decent, party school. decent party school berkeley like i've had fun at berkeley we have fun mm. but it's just like not a huge party school yeah mm -hmm. so going to barcelona with all these clubs and um just every i know every monday and wednesday would be like the nights to go out which is yeah just super it's so like random. The, the only off nights in in michigan are like the biggest nights in spain which yeah. is really weird because essentially everybody travels on the weekend so the only nights to really party are during the week in, in barcelona when everybody's there mm -hmm. studying and honestly we both went to a third party program named CEA for, it was called like a cultural center for education abroad, I think it's called. Oh. Um, sure. <laughs> whatever the acronym means. Uh, also like in terms of, for me, like the out of state tuition at Michigan uh, versus going third party um, abroad, I saved $10,000. Uh, by going to Spain. So it was like yeah. an absolute no-brainer. And they give you like, housing. Yeah, like uh, the so housing situation no I can talk about a little bit later. But um... Barcelona? <laughs> yeah. 
I kind of lost my train of thought there. But um, in terms yeah. of, yeah, so things that we noticed, things that were crazy that happened in Spain while we were mm -hmm. there. So we have the Catalonian Catalan Revolution yeah. is still happening right now, and actually really crazy uh, because Has for people been that going on for like ever though, yeah. Well, the, the thing that's wild is that Catalonia was a thing before Spain was a thing. So yeah. they all, everybody that lives in Barcelona and in the Catalonia area, all like attribute their nationality to Catal Catalonia and mm -hmm. more than they do Spain. Well, I also remember like reading in history class in high school that like they experienced the scientific revolution before the rest of Spain by like a very good bit. Like their education was so much higher. Mm -hmm. They're like they were actually like practicing and using like scientific method and math and stuff like that. So like for a long time, like they've actually like, and their government was very different. So like for like they've got a lot of reasons to view themselves as right. like a different. So, but in terms of like what that meant for like us living there is that there was actually like riots and protests going on like on the reg, like mm -hmm. right by our where we went to school was in like one of the main squares called the Plaza Catalonia. Um, and there were marches going on right by our building all the time. Yeah, and there's a also while that was going on was a taxi strike. Mm -hmm. The Uber was it Uber was on yeah. like all over the town and taxis were going on strike. So there was no way except for the metro yeah. and walking to get around. Town. In terms of a strike, just so you understand, like that means they were literally there were thousands and thousands of cabs just parked on the major streets mm -hmm. so that like no one can drive anywhere so like europeans love striking they're all about it <laughs> they love striking they're just like nope nope we're not doing it <laughs> like that's like the way to get shit done so yeah. so basically you can't take any ubers you can't take any cabs right so it's walking only or metro and in terms of going out that means you have to walk home because the metro ends at like midnight yeah. and i guess uh in terms of context like it's really weird. They go out. Of, they go out at night so late. Like you guys go out at like midnight. Yeah. No, not like even that. Like pregame at midnight. Like yeah. you don't step into the club until at least two p.m. or two a.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember going out with you guys, and we got back at like six thirty. Mm -hmm. like seven. Yeah. That's quite quite, like... quite a regular thing. And then you know, shout out to whoever did it, but a lot of people had eight a.m.s, and that that sounded like an absolute grind. Well, a lot I of people signed didn't up. Eight a.m.s. Yeah. Well, you have to. Uh, the thing with CA is you could only miss two classes. Okay. Or else your grade will lower. Mm -hmm. I signed up for an 8 a.m. class. Ambitious. And the first day, I overslept to not <laughs> oh, make no. it. Yeah, you didn't go to class. I didn't Allison, go to class. No. I, and like, I guess my um, one of my roommates was trying to wake me up. They're like, Allison, Allison. And my bed was like like on my door, so they couldn't open the door. <laughs> so they're like, oh, whatever, she overslept. Right. And I, I immediately after that, I'm like, this is not going to work. Right. And use, using one of your skips like that class. early in the semester is an absolute nightmare yeah. because you need to start planning trips out and you like, mm -hmm. you actually like strategize your skips. Like for me, like totally. I had a class that was from like six to eight thirty or six to seven thirty p.m. on Wednesday nights, and Barcelona games start at like 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. So I, I use both my skips to go to soccer games throughout the semester, uh, and I actually use a third one for the third game. But it was just <laughs> like you had to plan it out, and if you didn't really know that, like Allison made the mistake, you just yeah. skip. Some people just didn't go to school the first week and totally screw themselves over. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I'm in Europe. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, and the schooling is ju was just such a joke. It was um, the I mean, like it's thing. it's really it's really hard to kids, uh, though, like, to underestimate how easy it was to go to that school. I like, was definitely with kids though that did 
under like underestimate it, and they're just yeah. like, I'm in Europe, it doesn't count, and they just yeah. literally did but nothing. I don't know. Missed as much school as possible, did as little assignments, and I'm like, dude, you you will you can fail, you will fail. Like, yeah. uh, I don't like because since we we had gone to Michigan and Berkeley, like I didn't I hadn't really interacted with people who had gone to schools that are like less academically inclined. Yeah, um, it, it was interesting. And it was really interesting because you're like doing group projects with people who like just don't really seem like a college level student yeah and you're just like uh, and probably don't really care they're just they're not and no they don't care <laughs> no. absolutely yeah i know I, I think there was like a quiz going on we had taken class like easy it was like an art class took a quiz and the girl next to me was like oh my god what'd you get like i totally failed and i was like i got 100 but i'm not gonna say that yeah, right that jerk. like oh that so was like, so hard dude it was so tough like i missed so many but it was interesting but i love the classes my art class mm -hmm. we would go on tours um all around barcelona it's like um a bunch of different art museums mm -hmm. um was it the picasso museum that was there yeah picasso mm -hmm. museum there's a lot of really cool ones yeah so it was really cool um uh, maybe we could my uh standout class that i took was like a journalism class that i thought was really cool i've already mentioned this guy in episode one uh, because he's the main reason i wanted to start a podcast in the first place his name is Pep, by the way. I looked it up. I don't know his last name, but uh, he's super. We're inching closer to. We're inching closer to knowing who this guy next is. Next episode, and the last name. This is our moonshot guest that I want to have one day, but uh, because he's like runs a bunch of radio stations, he consults for Barcelona for you know Messi and and Luis Suarez with their social media, and basically what I had to do is I had to like basically have a blog when I was there and I called it uh balling on a My budget. Lucky penny. <laughs> no, your lucky not penny. your lucky penny. You can't, you can't burn her two weeks in a row about that, bro. Did you I, burn her last I, week? I burned it last week. Did you watch? Oh, I, wa I watched parts of it. Someone didn't watch. Uh, see, I'm leaving Easter eggs for people penny. to see if they're watching and they're not texting you. <laughs> right. text, if, so. if we, we didn't get a text for Penny, so she obviously didn't watch. Last she week. For sure. oh, we were busy. We're in Chicago. Oh, right. yeah. Um, pep, pep, pep. Right, pep. so I basically had to make a, a blog post a week, uh, and uh, it was like the easiest thing ever. But it was so cool, and I can already I can go back to that website and like, you know, like my one of my roommates actually journaled every night, and I thought it was so dumb. I, like I would like make fun of him for it, but fuck, man, I wish I did that. You know what I mean? Like in retrospect, Bodie, dude, you're so fucking smart. Goddamn. I just remember it's like so hard thinking back when you asked me to be on the podcast and think about Barcelona memories. I'm like, mm. oh my God, I don't remember half of it. Right. And things would pop in my mind. You just remember that it was like the best time ever. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what What, what was my favorite story? Mm -hmm. um, it's because you got so many good things to choose from. Right. So true. That even memories that would be like epic in a normal school year are like very middle tier memory for yeah. that semester, right. you know? Very true. So maybe, uh, and we can put it in terms of this framework. So, Someone is wanting to go uh, abroad, uh, probably not, let's just call it to Europe in general, okay. or, or wherever they want to go. What would you consider like some things that you wish you had known beforehand, mm -hmm. or things that you would have possibly done differently uh, to okay. make your experience a little better? Um, one, if you're going like to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day or any main hot yes. spot during a certain mm. time, book those flights early. All the other flights are yes, cheap. Book flights but early. Book flights early for those like popular weekends because right. they'll get expensive. That one specifically you have to book. That's the one I booked that one over Christmas time. Yeah. And, she, it, was, and it was still my most expensive. That's where study abroad in Glasgow is awesome because oh, yeah. I did a like whipped a train. 
No, dude, I literally uh, flew there. I booked my flight two days beforehand. It was like 50 bucks. Oh, you're kidding. Because it's Scotland, Ireland. It's yeah, like easy nothing. peasy. But yeah. you can't take a train because it's like water. Mm. Oh. Flight was 30 minutes, and I pulled a... Literally, uh, we didn't have a place to stay. Yeah, I met up with Will. He squatted where I paid a lot of money to stay. Oh, okay, it wasn't <laughs> like that. Okay, I was literally ready to stay up all night because it was it was St. Patty's Day. Like I was like, right. I don't need to go Wait, to sleep. Stay tonight. on the streets or what? No, just like go out and like okay. next thing right. I knew. I mean, it was easy enough. Like I feel like especially in European countries to go out and the next thing you know it was morning. Yeah, and then I just had to. That like, would happen more often than you think. Yeah, <laughs> like the sun comes up, you're like, I do. Yeah, need to get and then rest. next thing you know, you're like, oh, okay, I'm leaving in a couple hours. You know, mm -hmm. so I went from I did a one day trip just for St. Patrick's Day, okay. and it cost me fifty bucks, and it was the most fun. Time yeah, ever. on contraire, St. Patrick's Day is oh, definitely no, the most expensive weekend uh, of of an abroad experience mm -hmm. for for anybody else. So lucky duck, lucky dog, Finn. Well, lucky duck. Um, well, he, he didn't pay the two hundred dollars a night to, to stay there. Seems like you own two hundred dollars a night. I no. literally slept. That's on, an absolute lie. I slept face down on a hardware floor for like an hour and a half. So I'm not paying two hundred dollars. Sorry, bub. Gosh. So book flights early. I'm trying to think of some other tips. I would say you get caught up in planning trips every weekend mm. where sometimes I would like not be able, like I'd forget to explore Barcelona right. or forget to explore yes. other parts of Spain. Like I never went to Sevilla and I really wanted to go to Sevilla. Right. I didn't go to Portugal and it was really super close right. to Spain. Portugal is like surprisingly really hard to get to from, from Barcelona because they're like kind of the opposite sides yeah. of, of Spain to get there. And I just found it so like ridiculously expensive for how close it was yeah. as compared to flying to pretty much any other popular like European destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. But I've just, I heard great things. So that's a phenomenal that. piece of advice is like, make sure you get comfy where you are. Mm -hmm. Like I think Absolutely. give yourself at least three weeks, you know what I mean? Of like being there, meeting people too. Because yeah. you don't know how many trips you're going to end up wanting to go on with. So for me, I knew some people out there already. And I was like, I was hitting up Will. And I was like, I definitely want to do trips with him and mm -hmm. some, like, our buddy Drew and some other guys that are out there. But I'm really grateful I didn't plan too many stuff because there's people that I ended up meeting on my abroad trips that I, like, also wanted That's to do true. trips with. And if, had I just planned them all really immediately, I would have missed out that, on those That is yeah. such a key piece of information because I think people who basically, like, I've I really, I, you would see crowds of people that would only travel amongst themselves and you'd see pockets of, of people from like Penn State or Syracuse or Indiana or even some Michigan groups that would only go um, travel like amongst each other and it didn't seem like they really like met any like, yeah. or like became really close friends with a lot of other people. Um, and I know specifically for me, I can kind of touch on um, the reason why that was the case for me. So a very close friend of ours from high school and I had planned for a while to go to Spain together and um for whatever reason uh he couldn't figure out his credits like Al he also went to Alabama Alabama kind of screwed him over last minute um and he wasn't allowed to go so with like three weeks left um I basically had to scrap all of my plans I was actually thinking about possibly living with Allison at one point could you imagine that would have been a shit show yeah <laughs> I was living with like three U of A girls Will would have hated his life like <laughs> yeah. my friends like oh my I love God, them but like you would have been like we were we were trying girls. to finagle some like mixed gender like dorm for some reason <laughs> uh, that probably wouldn't have worked um, it so, worked it all worked out for a reason yeah so long story short um I basically have to go random place random roommates and the thing that's weird is I tried to like do a little like social media stalking and all of my roommates names are not what they go by 
Um, <laughs> so like I couldn't vet any of my roommates before I got there. So I was going in completely blind. And luckily, uh, you know, shout out to all my my four roommates. They're both all fantastic. Um, and essentially, what the moral of the story is, I would leave at least like. 50% of your schedule open because yeah. the people that you meet you're gonna want to travel with um, like maybe even more than than the people that you had planning on travel with before so uh, I would say meeting a new crew um, and you know just like being willing to like have a little bit of uncertainty about it um, that's kind of what we're about on the podcast you know just trying to um, get some get some growth and meet, being able to meet new people I think was a giant giant takeaway for me for sure I remember you guys got so close, you'd have like family dinners. That was something that we, okay, so shout out to Cal. Cal's mom had, this is a great idea for any moms potentially watching this. <laughs> if your kid is going abroad and they're going to a cool country like Spain, she bought him a Spanish cookbook, which was a super cool idea, that's right? Brilliant. So it's yeah, got a bunch of local so recipes on it. And you know, we're foodies too, but we didn't have, you know, the kind of bread to be going out to nice places. The way Allison was, <laughs> and I maybe, saw, I, maybe I, I, Allison, broke now. I was gonna say maybe Allison could talk about uh, having to cut her credit card in half, yeah. like halfway through, halfway through the trip. Her, like, cut her that mom, her mom made her send a Snapchat <laughs> to her of her cutting her family credit card. In half. I just, I just get so caught up in my. <laughs> This meal is worth it. It's worth it. I'll take the uh, I'll take the disinheritance. So, yes. <laughs> By the way, you gotta be fiscally responsible. You can't. You gotta stay in your lane. There's a bunch. Save of people. a lot more money. Stay than in you your say. lane. Yeah, oh there's God. a lot of people that are way richer than you that are spending money at a rapid rate. It's tough. Um, and you're like, so, how do you? How? Like how? So the way that my friends and I would mitigate that problem is we would like at least once a week we would pick a rest a new recipe in that cookbook go to the store, make it, and then invite a bunch of friends that we had met in our building, Allison and her new roommates. And that's how we kind of nurtured a, a fun friend group to hang out with. And then obviously afterwards, you can go out clubbing afterwards and go out to bars. But that was just like a really fun tradition that we started um, that hopefully we'll get to continue once Finn and I move down to Venice Beach, whenever that happens. Ooh, absolutely. I can't wait to be invited to those days. Oh, yes. Absolutely, yeah. We can chef up a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll start okay. We Finn can, can talk about, <laughs> Finn actually made in the some, some enchiladas last week at Hunter's house that were so freaking good, we literally made him make it <laughs> Again the next night. Yeah, they're Dang. good. Chicken enchiladas. They're they're one of my specialties. Chicken enchiladas. I got a Santa Maria barbecue tri tip. I'm also pretty good with. Ooh. A couple other Johns. We're you gotta leave something up for uh, <laughs> you guys. You, you guys will figure it out. Yeah. Um, all right. So next on the advice, I was just thinking about it while you're saying it. Um, it's I would say this is kind of a two sided coin for me. One, do trips with people that you're not like in the same location with. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I. Did a trip with uh, a couple of trips with Will actually. Mm -hmm. Trips with Drew. Um, I did a trip with uh, a, or not even a trip. I just kind of ran into her, uh, but like intentionally, a girl from Alabama, Ashley. It was uh -huh. just awesome, um, and it was really cool because I got to see. They went on trips with like so. For example, Will and I went to Prague. We unbelievable all, trip. That unbelievable. Was so, trip. That was like our first trip of the whole time. Yeah, first trip of the whole like. Uh, thing and he was with all of his Barcelona guys and it was just so much fun like I so hit it off cool. with all of them yeah they were all the nicest coolest guys ever and like I don't know that really made my 
your like European experience, like that kind of made it. Like Absolutely, you get to like meet Just those guys, and the next time I went to Barcelona, I got to run into them again. Like, in terms of uh, really cool. In terms of when you're talking about like actually pulling the trigger on going abroad, mm-hmm. and the the cool part about it is everybody who's there ultimately made that decision and like made that leap of faith to, yeah. to leave their school for a semester mm-hmm. when everybody has like things that they're leaving behind, right? Like mm-hmm. you 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 have an experience and something comfortable that you are used to but you're willing to do away with that for something potentially better. And it obviously was in retrospect, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that was something that was cool is that everybody there automatically is kind of like adventurous and willing to try. And very welcoming too, because they understand, especially the group you were with, you know, which was they were putting themselves out there mm-hmm. to meet new people, to have new yeah. experiences. And everybody was, and was as in a result, random are very welcoming. You know what I mean? Those guys were like automatically nice. You know That's what I mean? Nice. It was just yeah. like off the bat, meet them, have a great time. Right. Um, so the other piece of advice, and this might be a little more controversial, I don't know if you guys will agree with it, okay. do some solo traveling. I did solo traveling, yeah. and I really liked it. I'm catching some looks for a reason, like, no. I, just, so no. I'm so, I get so well, lonely being alone, Finn, I know it's bad. But... Finn, talk about the structure of your program, because it was super unique, and it, it allowed you to do the, what that solo traveling you were talking about. Talk yeah. about like how you had that giant... So, I went to, they went to like a third-party school, I went to the University of Glasgow, and it was way more uniform. It was like... You go to class every day, like, it wasn't, like, debatable, it was all very lecture halls, it was like, you had some old tenured professor mm. that was there to do research. How did you get away with um, learning via the Scottish accent? Was it hard? Oh my god. Because they, they talk thick. They talk really thick. Uh, for anyone listening, r slash Scottish people Twitter is an incredible subreddit. And you will understand why it's impossible to understand these people. Not only do they talk with an accent... But they have these slang that is, like, impossible <laughs> to understand. Like, girls are called birds. Yeah, that's, like, a British thing. That's Dude, it's weird, though. Like, it takes a second. And, and like, curly would be, like, kiddly. And, like, purple would be nice. pitiful. Oof. And, like, alarm. Or alarm would be alarm. So it'd be, like, kiddly, <laughs> pitiful, alarm. You've got it down. And it'd just yeah. be, like... <laughs> or And they've got all these sayings, like, I'm at a bar. And I'm talking to this guy. And he's a bartender. And we're, like, totally hitting off one of the best time. You know, he's, like... We're like, I've been there all night, and all of a sudden, I say something, you know, that's a joke, and I'm like, Land- I'm standing up at the bar, and I-, I say something that's a joke, we've been joking all night, and he goes, are you taking a piss on me, mate? And I'm like... Taking the piss, yeah. And I'm like... That's bad. Dude, no, no, it's good. That means, like, are you kidding me? It means, like, you messing with no, me, man? dude. Yes, it does. Totally. Uh, okay. This is kind of embarrassing, but... What? Via Love Island, taking the piss is oh. bad. Dude, well, it was totally like he was like, no, it means like, maybe there's two different connotations depending on. Also, like the English use a bunch of words in a totally different like. Okay. Love Island's British. Like, okay, like for example, like the c word in America, that can be either a bad thing or a good thing in England. It just really depends on. And in Aussie, they just let it fly. Yeah, (laughs) but either way, he goes, "Are you taking a piss on me, mate?" And this is a bar, and I'm like, "No, dude, I'm not like pissing in your bar." Like, you know, I was like. (laughs) I was like, no, dude. Like, you want to talk about weird slang? My cousin's been living in Australia. I was not ready for that. <laughs> My cousin's been living in Australia for four years now, and his favorite term that uh, is Aussie is, you said this one guy, like, similar to you, he's just having a bar, like, having a conversation with a random guy in a bar, and he's like, you don't have to have a long neck to be a goose, mate, is what the thing. <laughs> you don't what have to have a long neck mean? to be a goose, mate. It's just like... I don't even know. <laughs> it's just like... Well, that's what I'm like. Are you Dre, getting, like, Dre you, gotta, you gotta let us know what that actually means. Yeah, so you're taking a piss on me, mate. It was very much a similar thing. Because I put in the context of an American bar, and that is a bad thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this bartender's yeah. probably gonna kick you out of the bar. Or like, and I'm like, all in my head, I'm just like, 
how did this take such a left turn? Like, you know what I mean? He's like, no, like, it means, also, are you messing with me? I'm like, okay. Right. Like, maybe, maybe you can talk about this, Allison. Like, the one thing that I would strongly urge people who are in Europe and, like, some girls that I know were just so not about it, like, Americans gotta stop being so ignorant when they're traveling. So, yeah. like, this one girl, like, I've, I literally witnessed her, like, watch up, walk up to a lady when we were in Florence. Uh -huh. And, like, just walks up and goes, I speak English. And she's like, okay. Oh, like, she's like, I speak That's English too. But she's oh, like, oh my God, that is so embarrassing. I speak That's English. Bad. Can you talk to me? And it's just like, ugh. Dude, yeah. Okay, like, you want to know what? Going like, abroad did make me think, I get why other nations yeah, hate us. I, I get why sucks. other nations are like, well, no, America is awesome. Americans abroad are they're just so embarrassing. Okay, like, right. I mean, I'm not so embarrassing. They stick out like a sore thumb. So it's just like. It is very, it's like a little bit hard to get used to the culture, but there are some, like, some people I've met, like some girls in our program that I didn't know that well, but I would, some of the things they would say, I'd be like, oh my God, like, right. why are you talking right now? Like, you got to realize you're in a foreign country. You kind of have to bend the, you have to bend the knee to their culture. You yeah. Know I mean? So like, like one thing that I was embarrassed about after leaving was like, I am, I know enough Spanish to get by in Barcelona, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Not well. You know what I mean? Right. With them being patient with me. Right. Yeah. And you go everywhere. I went to Morocco and they spoke English. Right. It's yeah. like everyone knows right. the second language except Americans. Dude, I also and feel that bad. degree, like, I always made a point to at least know, say hello, goodbye, and thank you in mm -hmm. their language. Right. To at least show the attempt of, like, right. I'm trying, trying to not just come here and beat the worst American like, ever. Yeah. My dad like, got me this book of, like, dirty words in, in all European languages, and he, like, expected me to, like, read it and be able to, like, talk shit to people, but I was like, hey, Okay, well, that's a terrible idea. Uh, also, no, but it's also, like, a gag gift that yeah. I thought was kind of funny that's over funny. Christmas, like, as I was going to Spain. Um, but I actually got to cheat a little bit because the only guy from Michigan that went, that went to Barcelona that I was good friends with, um, his name is Augustine. Shout out to Augustine. Yeah. Great, great dude. Yeah. Um, but he is, uh, he's Argentinian <laughs> and obviously speaks fluent Spanish. And uh, I won't get into any details, but um, the the noise ordinance uh, rules are very, very strict in Spain. Like after 10 p.m., like you have to have shit silent. Um, and we actually had uh, an abuela that was our next door neighbor. Uh -huh. Like she was like 80 years old and we uh -huh. tried to be as respectful as possible, but she would call the cops on us all the time. And so <laughs> the cops, apparently they weren't. <laughs> and, and every time, and every time the cops come that like, they're supposed to issue you like a very fat fine, yeah. like a fine that would be like about around 50 euros a person for, for the residents. And Augustine would, would go up there and they would always ask to see his passport. Right. And then, we were so amazed at how Augustine was so good at talking the cops away, right? Yeah. And this is a hilarious now that we have this jersey here. He's like, he's like Ricky he's, from Trailer he's, Park. He's Boys. Argentinian, right? Why Why would anybody in Barcelona love an Argentinian? Because they speak well, good Spanish, and they're Le at least not American. Lionel Messi, bro. Really? Lionel Messi. They're like, oh, you, you gave us Messi? You're good. <laughs> like that, literally, that, like, they, see, they see the Argentine passport, their eyes light up. Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. Like, That's awesome. Never got a fine awesome. once. Shout out to Augustine. Word, bro. Gus. You, Good work, Augustine, dude. honestly, like, I was able to go on a bunch of extra trips because he's shooting the cops away Mark. Yeah. So. Oh, so, dude, I never answered the structure of my program. Right. Talk yeah. about that. So, it's different. So, we basically had a, a three-week spring break, or three-week long spring break. Mm -hmm. Three weeks? Yeah, that was three weeks. I think it was, it was like... Weeks. So basically, you, you took your classes, yeah. and then you had, like, a three-week break, and then and you had then, to come like, back. And then, like, a month... Okay, I had a three-week spring break, and then I had to come back to Glasgow, where finals was, like, a month long. Jeez. 
but you could basically achieve the system. If your finals weren't until later, your spring break then turned into like a month and a half. Wow. Right. So I did, I went through 13 countries on a train uh, and a couple planes, but mainly trains just like during my three weeks just because mm -hmm. I could do it. Right. It was awesome. All and by that, yourself? And that's when... Uh, uh, not all by myself. Like, I mean, the train travel was by myself, but I met people all along the way. Oh, that's cool. But I did... I was intentional. I wanted to do some parts by myself just because I wanted to see what it was like traveling on my own. Yeah. Because right. um, one, it's like you get to move more freely, but the other thing is like you get to digest everything through your own lenses. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's yeah, not like the group's true. opinion. You're right. Or it's not like what... Because it's definitely group think in yeah. terms of like traveling somewhere for a weekend you realistically have saturday to do shit and but that's pretty also much like when you do yeah. trips with people it's did we have fun you know what i mean mm -hmm. and if someone else is exactly. in a bad mood uh, it affects or your someone trip. else is having a bad yeah, time it probably affected yeah. your trips more than mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but it, it was emotional just, times yeah and also like you got to like another thing with the group you're always moving by myself i just sat on the beach in portofino and i was like holy crap this is incredible. Right. I'm turning around, and it's like something I saw in like Ocean's Eleven when I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know That's what I so mean? so badass, dude. And you just kind of get to soak things up. So I don't know. Uh, that being said, like alone traveling, eventually you're like, dude, I want people. I, want, I need people again. Right. But I so, try to only do like three days by myself at max. Yeah. I feel like that's good. The traveling yeah, on your own, I think, is good um, in terms of maybe just resetting. Yeah. But I feel like that's all what the whole trip was, is, was a huge reset. Uh, like totally. for me, um, a big piece of advice I would put forward, and this is actually like a t completely inadvertent, but I didn't realize um, the way that like our phone family plan works. Like oh I, I did no research about how phone carriers work and basically found out like a day before I was going to Spain that my phone was locked. Um, so I couldn't get uh, any European cell carrier when I was there. So I was basically uh, what I like to call a Wi-Fi nomad. Uh, and me and me and my my couple other friends uh, Max and Pat we were just like a crew of Wi-Fi nomads so we like the only time we ever had access to our phone was with if we were ever at, how did you go like how did you find so that's that's the cool part is we literally got to navigate it like we had to learn Spanish and we got yeah. to navigate like the we knew this I feel like we got to know the city a lot better than some of the other people that we were around because you know we never used directions to get anywhere we were always just you know at asking the locals where where things were trying to like you know practice our spanish even though they always know english better than you know spanish so it's always yeah. like a struggle to try and get them to talk spanish to, speak to you spanish instead of just hurry up yeah. but, um, english, here you go. in but. terms of like stepping away from from social media and just being like phone dependent for for five months that was such a great cleanse for for me personally and for i, I know they feel the exact same way just being able to step away and just honestly like just take take it all in and take mm -hmm. in the experience in like without any distractions, which uh, was really cool. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely unique and a funny story about phones and <clears throat> cell carriers. When so my phone was unlocked, so we get SIM cards, but every month we'd have to go to the basically the AT and T of Barcelona. What was it called? There's one that's Vodafone. Vodafone, Vodafone or there's like orange, orange, orange or something. So we go to Vodafone in the mall, like next to our apartment, once a month. And one of my friends and roommates 
got like the fattest crush on the Vodafone guy that worked there. And we'd go there every month Where'd and you know, they'd be guy. flirting and it'd be like the funniest thing. They got each other's Instagrams and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, this is hilarious. <laughs> and so one night I'm out at Input. I don't know if you ever went to yeah. Input. And so it was like one of the big clubs that more locals go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm there's like a DJ there and I get a pat, like a pat on my shoulder. And some random guy is like, do you remember me? Whoa. And I'm like, uh, no. No. And then it hit me. I'm like, it's Vodafone guy. <laughs> and I'm like, where's Ashley? She had left earlier. And oh, we like took a picture. Vodafone and, guy. Yeah. I know if he had a girlfriend. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, she's in love with you. And he goes, I have a girlfriend. I go, oh, not like, no. She's but just like as a like, friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not really though. Chill <laughs> Vodafone so guy. You're not, that, you're not that cool Vodafone guy. It's also, you know what? Another like tip I just thought of is like the, make friends with the people that work we like joined a gym that was like a cheap like 20 euros a month gym and the guy that worked at the gym would always like we became friends with him he'd give us like workout tips the same thing with Vodafone guy mm-hmm. where you kind of and the same things with the guys that like worked in the super mercot which is like a right. mini like pharmacy grocery store below our apartment mm-hmm. you become like friends with all these locals where you feel i don't know you feel like you live right. there and you're not just a tourist the cool part about it is you you live there just long enough to convince yourself that you you actually live there and like mm-hmm. had a somewhat of a you know local experience even though i would say uh the whole party <laughs> the whole party scene the way it's operated yeah. is so stupid and honestly i feel in retrospect like you kind of succumb to it because that's what all the all the other students that you're hanging out with you are really doing do get but there's literally like there's literally a promotion company that like tells you which club to go to every night and just like you know sh- she you flock to the club that it tells you every night to go to yeah um and we actually went to look like we basically bailed on that like for the last two weeks because we're like there are this you know reality hits you that time is coming down you know the last two weeks and you're like dude we have to check off all the boxes that we haven't mm-hmm. done so far like you realize you suddenly realize like how lazy <laughs> you've been you're just like wow like yeah. i need to get the most out of this and part of that was like dude we've been going to the same like clubs like the same three clubs the whole time let's let, let's go try some different ones mm-hmm. and of course those were the best ones like yeah. the ones we went to at the last day too so it's just like mm-hmm. ah, see my little. experience was very different like that so like we, i lived in a dorm room with all other students that just went to school there mm-hmm. that were from scotland That's and cool. like south africa and like that kind of deal so like it was way more like all a bunch of the friends we met were like these kids from like south africa germany and they're just like students there mm-hmm. and they just went to school there the other thing that was a big difference is it was way more of a pub scene so like you had kids that went to clubs but the clubs were not that good right like we had definitely been it was nothing like the barcelona clubs where it was like actually like a scene it was Mm -hmm. really cool like the one big uh, club there was like the garage the garage they call it the garage the garage (laughs) um but like it was really cool so like we just all like had like favorite pubs you go to in terms of uh, in terms of scotland i wanted to ask you like because the stereotype of Scotland for anybody who's never been there is like, all right, these people wear kilts, they they herd sheep, they play golf, like you know, yeah, is that <laughs> is that fair? Um, they they don't wear kilts all the time. No, I'm just saying like kilts are, mentioned kilts no, earlier. Kilts are formal attire, so like oh. a lawyer would wear a kilt to go to court. What? It's like a suit. That's cool. So like um, they would wear I feel like it's more comfortable. They would wear a suit airy. Yeah, a little more breezy. But I guess <laughs> they wear they wear a suit and then a kilt. Um, 
The golf courses are awesome. I played a golf course up in uh, called Glen Eagles. That was awesome. My, uh, my whole point of asking you that is like, when you got there, what were some of the things that that surprised you about Scotland, especially Glasgow, because you you ex kind of described Glasgow as like kind of like a more hipster vibe. Yeah, that's um, one thing that really surprised me. So Glasgow, there's two main big cities in Scotland, Glasgow and Edinburgh, and Edinburgh is a lot more posh. It's a lot more royal. <laughs> they speak very refined Scottish. Mm -hmm. You can understand them very well. Okay. It's it's a lot more like uh, it's like where the money is, mm -hmm. and it's where like the English power has been historically. And then Glasgow has been a lot more like rough and tumble. Mm. It's where the powers of industry were. So it's like far more industrial. They built ships and stuff like that. All the Scottish comedians, like the funny ones, have mm. come out of Scotland or have come out of Glasgow. It's a lot more, you know, rough and tumble. Like, you know, lots of drinking, lots of fighting. You know, like right. No, they're tough dudes for real. Like they are tough dudes. Um, and uh, so do you get kind of a Peaky Blinders vibe or no? Uh, not much anymore. Now it's more like, I think they call them Spice Boys, where it's like the kids in like, uh, like the matching, like, sweatsuits. You know ah! what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> That's horrible. Like full Puma jumpsuits or something? <laughs> yeah, full Puma jumpsuits, like. Oh, God. Like, that Peaky is... Blinders haircut, you know what I mean? Right. Like, super tight, crew cut haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is that, that a thing? That haircut? You yes, see it? absolutely. Yeah. You see it everywhere. Everyone's got the tight, like. That's the thing. Every, every kid, every kid from the age 10 to probably 17 and in Europe has the Cristiano Ronaldo where it's just like, you know, shaved mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then, you know, like, like long flowy hair. Kind of High like, key like European fashions, <laughs> European fashions bizarre, but, but so that's just my take. Um, <laughs> but I do have to say like Glasgow is really, really cool. I thought it was much more interesting than Edinburgh because it had this really young, hip influence into it, mm -hmm. where it was, like, they had some, like, really cool arts districts, like, really neat food, like, one of my favorite What's places the food was this. like in right. Scotland? So, tell them Scottish about the curry. Food. Tell them about the curry part. So, curry? Scottish food is not good, but they <laughs> are obsessed with Indian food. Okay. Right. Like, Scottish food is just meat pies and bangers yeah. and mash and, like... Shepherd's pie. Uh, blood pudding. Oh, no. Did What's you that? get it? Blood pudding is a sausage made of blood. Oh, it's disgusting. Hey, it is. It's not as bad as you think. Oh, God. God. Yeah, try it. Haggis. Oh, Which no. is just sheep's intestines. Like, <laughs> it's like sheep, like, kidney or something shoved with, like, a bunch of other sheep. Is that, like, one, is that the organs. only local animal? So, like, all their food is, like, somewhat sheep-based? <laughs> <laughs> am I just totally based. generalizing You're something? just, like, literally, like, a super stereotyping them. They've yeah. got, like, tons of cows. Like, there's this thing Oh, they got cows. Highland... What do you think we eat, bro? What do you think Texas makes? Cows. Well, dude, we got cows here, but, like, I only heard seen the sheep out there. I don't know. <laughs> You've never seen a Scottish sheep in your life? <laughs> All right, get out of here. So, either way, the food, the Scottish food is not exceptional, but they love Indian food. It's I think it's their national dish is actually curry, and it wow. is incredible. We went to this place, Mother India was this restaurant that was actually, like, a kind of a fine dining place, uh -huh. and it was Unbelievable butter chicken tikka masala sag paneer oh. chicken tikka masala coconut okay. naan yeah dude oh my god so, it was so freaking good dude it was yeah well, the other amazing. thing but like the hipster influence kind of came in was like this place called kimchi cult mm. and it was like a korean american fusion place mm. so for example like they had like uh like korean fried chicken sandwiches oh so that sounds like, good it was like uh, fried chicken sandwiches, but not like Nashville hot. It was like uh, that, like that more like sweet hot. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That kind of sauce. Oh, it was so good. Like umami. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like umami. They had, like, they just had like very creative restaurants that, uh, 
and the seafood's excellent as well. So, shout out Glasgow. You kind of, you definitely, it definitely surprised, like impressed me with its like young things to do there. Cool. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, yeah, actively getting hungry. Uh, do we do we want to tie a bow on the abroad thing and move on, or is there anything else? Uh, real we, quick, no what are the coolest ready. places you guys went to? Coolest and places. additionally, what are the places you want to go visit? Okay. Oh my god. So actually, this is this is funny because Finn and I actually have a fantasy of moving here for uh, like a year or two, so true. Um, and it's still on the table as of now. You didn't have to use the word fantasy, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were moving together. Okay, that, that was a weird way of putting it. Weird way of putting it, but we had both like imagined it'd be really cool to live in. Amsterdam. Have a dream, Ooh. right? So Amsterdam was definitely my favorite city we went to. Um, it was because I had been to Europe before. There are a lot of trips that were kind of doubles uh, for me. So like Amsterdam was the was the first place that I wanted to go that I hadn't been before. Uh, absolutely loved it. Their museums were the coolest by far. Mm -hmm. uh, we went on a canal tour on this boat. Um, and honestly, uh, one thing I would say in terms of the best way to see a city is you go to basically any, any sort of like cafe or like wherever you have breakfast the first morning you're there, the person serving you is a local and you just ask them their favorite places to go and boom, you automatically... Like, the, that shit won't be on TripAdvisor. Like, it won't be on the Abroad Bibles you get sent. And I got recommended when we went to Amsterdam. The first morning we got there, we were at this counter. And this lady's like, you got to go to this brewery. It's outside of town. Oh. It's locals only. But you'll you'll see it when you know. You just follow the river, and it's at this windmill. And, you'll like, it's impossible to miss. Oh. Do you remember what it's called? I can't pronounce it. It's like... Braurit I. Shit, man. Brown. All right. Oh. He, he remembered because I went oh, first God. and then I recommended Finn go was... there. And I, oh. I shit you not, the best beer you will ever taste in your entire it's life. Incredible. Oh. Um, and obviously fantastic food. But you just got to ask the locals for the recommendations. Like, it's just the coolest way to see a city. And they will, won't steer you wrong. Like, if anybody asks you, like, what they should do in L.A., you're not gonna say the Hollywood Walk of Star Cafe. Go to the Walk of <laughs> go, to the, go to the Walk of Fame. Go to Disneyland. Go to, to go to Santa, go to the Santa Monica Pier. Fuck no. 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 You're not gonna say any of those. On things. a side note, Earth Cafe sucks. Actually, on no. contrary, I disagree. No, dude. Overpriced. It used to be horrible. so good when we were kids. It's not that good anymore. Jones on Third is way better. Jones on Third is awesome. Also, killer fried chicken sandwich there. Mm, phenomenal. Yeah. So definitely, anyway. definitely ask locals. <laughs> definitely ask locals um, what you want to do, and then definitely like. So that was the first trip we went on, and then the all probably a tie for my favorite trip, and every like every one of my my Barcelona crew would agree. We went to Mallorca, so Mallorca is essentially the Catalina Island of, of Spain. So it's like just, you know, I don't even know how far away it is, <laughs> but it was literally like a 20 euro round trip flight from Barcelona to Mallorca. And like we rented an Airbnb house. Um, out Left in, in, the, in Barcelona. You're out, like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I bought a flight on Thursday. Finn was supposed to stay with me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I bailed on him for a day, which is Aww. really mean. But luckily, <laughs> it was actually very funny. Luckily, he had made friends enough with some of my friends that who, all the guys that stayed behind and didn't go on the Mallorca trip, you know, had a good night with him. But we went out there and we rented our, uh, a van. And literally just went beach hopping around the whole island the whole weekend. We had three of my Michigan friends, uh, Molly, Anjali, and Sarah, came uh, to our house for for one of the days, and it was just absolutely the best trip. And we were just like, we went and found this like sunset um, lookout, like 
right on the right on the edge at this like tiki bar. That's it was awesome. just like wow. absolutely the coolest. That's trip. there now. Wow, that sounds great. Like <laughs> in, you know, like in retrospect, like anybody who goes to Barcelona should should spend a couple days on Mallorca because it's like absolutely stunning how nice this island is. Awesome. Yeah, so nice. next place you want to go? Ooh, let's circle back. Let's okay. circle back. I need okay, let's we'll circle back. Yeah. Um, it's hard to think of one like my favorite, honestly, because every trip was so unique and different. Mm, right. I feel like one of Amsterdam. Up, up there at the tops. I love Amsterdam. Yeah, it's just like such a cool, unique city, and I love the canals and everything. I always love Ireland, but Dublin is just a huge party, so you don't really get experience yeah, as much. Um, I think the most unique place that I went, we went to Stockholm, Sweden, Ooh, and cool. we were treated like queens. Nice. My friends because well, you know some famous. Yeah. Yeah, my, like one that. of my um, good friends from Berkeley. Her mom is a famous um, actress and model in Sweden. Hmm. And well, that's freaking cool. So she, we yeah. were. That's awesome. And yeah. I dropped my phone in her pool <laughs> twice. <laughs> not, not the best time, yeah. but um, yeah. So we went to Stockholm. She had, she wasn't there, but she had everything set up for us. She knew all these nice restaurants. The people working there, our meals were paid that's for. Incredible. It spoke, was. Insane. She spoke the language, obviously. Yeah, my friend, um, she spoke Swedish, so what? we got in everywhere. How cool is that? They had okay. The the interest, in, most interesting thing ever was their alcohol policy. Huh. They um, all of their liquors, or there's only one liquor store, like one chain that sells okay. alcohol in Sweden. So it's like controlled. Yes, it's very controlled, and it closes um, Friday at seven p.m. and it's not open for the weekend. What? Yes. What? And I guess so that, is that encouraging you to like buy alcohol at bars or how's that work? Either encouraging you to buy alcohol at bars or not be as crazy in the streets. I'm okay. thinking it gets uh, dark and cold up there. I'm sure they're just like, yeah, so down. don't drink that much yeah. <laughs> or they just stock up. But, um, True. <laughs> we, we had maybe lunch or dinner or something. We were walking around and we're like, Oh my God, it's almost seven. Mm. It's Friday. We didn't know if there's any alcohol in the apartment we we're staying at. So we're like running around to the nearest liquor store. Mm -hmm. And we went in and some crazy thing happened where they're like asking for our IDs and some of us didn't have it. So they wouldn't sell to us. So half of us would go back up and half of us would go back down and try to purchase the same thing. Like, dude, we just saw you in here five <laughs> seconds ago, like, leave. So like, okay. And we mapped like the next closest one and it was like, a 20 minute walk and we had like 15 minutes to get there so we split up and we are sprinting the streets of sweden we find alcohol <laughs> trying to find some booze yeah it's like, probably so cold <laughs> yeah and we're like oh my god um we get back we have alcohol we drink it and my friend she's like we have a tape we got a table at this exclusive club mm. i don't know if there's gonna be alcohol there so we need to drink as much as we can so we're like <laughs> okay like we can't be sober at this sign club. me up pre-game accordingly yes. yeah yes so we get there and there is bottom the like the bottle lady is like um this is bottomless alcohol so just let us know when you're out all mixed drinks infinity, all champagne infinity, infinity. Booze. infinity and we're like booze. we couldn't even finish like one champagne we're like um oh no yeah oh that's so sad you're actually making me feel for you that you didn't get to take advantage of that club i like, know but it was fun and like i love swedish meatballs so just like having traditional real swedish meatballs real talk did ikea, ikea give you a love for our swedish meatballs like me because Dude, ikea i have a hilarious meatball they're okay i love ikea swedish meatballs i don't care if they're made out of horse I don't, care. I, don't I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They were yeah. delicious. They were so good. Like, I actually got kicked out of an Ikea when I was like 10 years old because I overate the meatballs that they were just serving as, you know, um, 
Would it like giveaways? Like yeah. yeah. No, no, like they'd have like, like serving. Sample yeah, samples. I would literally circle back like 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that was gnarly. That is hilarious. Yeah, my mom loves that story. You got booted out of an Ikea? Literally got kicked out of Ikea because <laughs> of I was just, <laughs> just housing their meatballs. Yes. <laughs> hey, kid, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a different one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Put on different shots. Yeah, I just tried to like. I don't even know how I tried to get away with it when I was 10, but I was scheming in my own mind. <laughs> well, that sounds like an incredible was, And just to walk around that's like yeah. a lot of and that's, a, that's a unique city. Like, yes. not a lot of people went there. And, my, like, and to have such an insider, like, yeah, well, my friend incredible. lived there since she was nine, so we went to, like, the local park she grew up in, and we went what? to her grandma's house, and she made us, like, Swedish pancakes. Oh, like, low, that's like, so really? Yes, yes. Wow. more more. Drew raves about the Swedish pancakes. Oh, so good. <laughs> Wow, man. Yeah, Drew's a huge Swede. <laughs> he goes to like some random town in Northern California for a, a Swedish pancake festival every year. I'm trying to send that. Yeah. For real, I'm trying to send that. That sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. What was your favorite uh, city? No, where would you go? Oh, right. Um, I talked about it earlier, but I think Portugal. I really want to do like a whole mm -hmm. um, Lisbon and Porto. Is that what the city's yeah. called? Porto. Do all of that. Mm -hmm. Um. That's one I missed. Gotta go on. see those waves. Lisbon's too. sick. Mm -hmm. Na in Nazareth, they have like 80 foot waves. Gotta check that yeah. out. Those are crazy. Um, okay, that's awesome. Portugal's, that's great. Um, so for me, it'd be tough. I'm gonna do a three way trot tie, but I'm not gonna go into it too much. It's gonna be a tie between Morocco, oh. Switzerland, mm. and Amsterdam. Amsterdam, I went to like three different times because I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. Because there's two different types of Amsterdam. There's the BS tourist part, which is right. gross. Like, it's yeah. gross, to be honest. Also, like, didn't go to the red lights district for... I, I personally never saw it. I, I was not interested. Oh, it's just no. gross. I like, accidentally yeah. walked into the red light district. It's easy enough to water into because, like, it is city center, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But it's, like, it's just, like, the people that are there for that, like... I don't know, not my style. Like, yeah. the reason I went four times is because of how beautiful and quaint the city is. Like, the mm -hmm. canal houses, I had... One of the girls I was staying with my group, she was, uh, what's the name? It's like chauffeuring or nannying. It's like a au pair. Au pairing. Like she was au pairing this kid during her break. Her oh. like her cousin that like lived there. No way. So they're in the top of this canal house in this really cool like bohemian studio, like where's like bathroom, bedroom, kitchen. You all got to one. stay there. No, I didn't get to. Like oh, I had my own place that I was it. in. Um, but like we just kind of like. Getting to actually be in one of the canal houses with locals, yeah. with like our friends, was like mm -hmm. such a cool spot. It was like, I mean, it was really cool. And then just like Browry Tie, like just uh, like Amsterdam's a real and Vonnel Park is mm -hmm. the most beautiful, quaint so park on the planet. Right. Morocco was otherworldly. I'd never been anywhere like that, and it was my favorite thing on the planet. Have when you ever been to Africa before? No, never. And when you get off the plane to Tangier, and you get, or when you get off the plane out of the taxi in Tangier, you get there, and it is a different mentality than America. People are hustling really hard because life is a lot tougher there. Mm. But also, bargaining is such a way of life for their culture. Mm. It's really important, um, and it's very easy to feel attacked at first. I was with a couple of other people that. When you say no, no, it's not convincing to them. Right. You yeah. know, that means I'm not trying hard enough. And right. they'll kind of accost you. They'll keep going. They're salespeople. They don't take no for an answer. They're salespeople. And we're there, and a couple of my friends that I was with were like, we're not leaving the hostel. Like, oh, we're not enjoying it. ourselves. Like, And I ended up going back out, and I had the best time ever. Because, mm -hmm. like, 
and I was with these two other girls in my group too, and it like they wanted to go out and I wanted to go out, so we all went out. Mm -hmm. Plus, it was like good to have a guy like with him, just because like that is a different right, city, right. like yeah. it is a different like you know th thing there. And you know, guys would like we'd walk by and they'd be like, oh, like they'd be like, oh, like like they'd make some comment about the girls. Where in America, oh. I'd be like, and I would get upset. I'd turn around and be like, hey, like don't say that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And they were like, dude, like. We didn't mean any disrespect. It's just, like, very different there. Oh, or, for example, or, for example, like, we'd be bargaining, and we'd, we were all kind of on edge after, like, getting out there, and, like, we'd be bargaining, and the guy, and we'd be like, no, I don't want it. And the guy was like, I'm just like, this is just, like, the way we do things here. Like, he's like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to feel like you have to buy this. You know what I mean? Right. It was weird. Like, you kind of just, like, got to understand them. I realized how American I was, I guess, mm -hmm. and how... Part of being American is you assume every other place is like yours. Yeah. And how ridiculous it is to go to a country in Africa and expect it to be the same. You right. know what I mean? Or people to act the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. That was kind of like an enlightening thing for me to just like be there. In the, you know, the people were really sweet. And the culture, the food was incredible. The food was so good. What kind of food did you eat? Um, I had some shark. That was pretty good. Shark? What? But not like endangered sharks. This is like reef sharks that like no, live. It's, it's white meat. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've fished sharks for yeah. two summers. So the food. Uh, so they've got an incredibly diverse ecosystem on the on their coastline mm. over there. Um, so we had sharks, swordfish, all tagine, which is like they basically slow cook it in this clay pot with oh. a bunch of incredible spices. You walk the streets and everything smells of cumin mm. and chili powder and just like turmeric and saffron. It's intoxicating it's so good literally it like so good. it sounds like the silk road like the spices yeah. and stuff like mm -hmm. it, everything that you've always heard about in history books it, tapestry you, patterns like this that are real that are made the out real of real tapestries those are the real ones <laughs> well they're mosaics and they're made out of stone on the walls oh, and stuff like that right and everyone so wears these pretty. these big cloaks everywhere these like the robes tans. no they have these robes oh. with big hoods mm. that they wear over their head because it's so hot oh. and they just like kind of like try to like duck out from the heat mm. okay um it's called a souk an S-O-U-K-H-E. Yeah. Um, or S-O-U-K-H. S-U-K-H. Um, and I'd never been in anywhere that different. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was just, like, kind of incredible to, like, get to, like, at least, like, feel like I related to these people on some level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just, right. like, partaking in that culture was really cool. And then lastly, just skiing in Switzerland was so sick. Yeah, I bet. I mean, Swiss Alps? Uh, Zermatt. Yeah, Swiss Alps. Like, right where Switzerland meets Italy. Right. Oh. Right um, underneath the Matterhorn. Yeah. Big Macs are 15 bucks, but ski passes are 30. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Go figure, seriously. Dude, they it's really awesome. slap globalization in the face by how expensive mm -hmm. the fast food is, bro. It's more expensive so than expensive. going to a, going to a regular restaurant. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because the Swiss way is so funny. I was talking to this French woman uh, that I met, and she was like, it's funny, because she had just moved to Switzerland. She was like, in France, you try to break every rule. You jaywalk. You know what I right, mean? Right. If someone's not looking, you break the rule as long as it's not harming anybody. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but yeah. you jaywalk in Switzerland. You don't jaywalk because like that's not the rule. There's right. order two things, and you don't break that. Like right. it's just like there's such a linear, like more like strict people. But it was really cool. I respected that a lot. So it was just like really fun getting to see how different cultures. Where would you? Since you you travel probably traveled to more like places in certain in terms of volume. Like yeah. so, what? Where would you want to go other uh, elsewhere if you had to go back to Europe? To Europe. I don't think I'm going back to Europe next. Yeah, because um, my answer wasn't going to be a European place. Mine wouldn't be too. If I had I to choose Europe, I'd go Europe. Greece. Um, okay. But I think I want to go to 
Argentina or yeah. Japan. That's we we actually Australia actually Australia or Argentina. Oh. Yeah, I'd love to do motorcycles. My 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 cousins do a really cool like motorcycling trip in through South America like over Thanksgiving every year. Is it through Chile or? Uh, kind of yeah, kind of through Chile. Uh, but Finn and I have talked about like a hopefully wanting to link up with my friends uh, Augustine and Josie down in Buenos Aires where they're from. Um, I've always wanted to go to Argentina. That's honestly the other place I was going to want to study if I couldn't go to Barcelona. Um, so I definitely want to do a Argentina trip. Um, that's probably just because I've spent so much time in Europe now. Um, I, I can't, it's so ridiculous that I get to say that at, at 22, but I've have spent a decent amount of time there, so I would want to venture to South America next um, before mm -hmm. I go back to Dude, Europe. that or Australia? I was going to say, I would sounds... love to go to Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I heard it's like a big California. I don't know if that's true, but that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I like, with it. There's, there's very, like, Sydney, like, Bondi Beach, like, there, uh, there's a giant cohort of Michigan people that go that went to Barcelona and Europe, and then there's also just as equally a giant cohort of people that went to Sydney, uh, and, you know, they all lived on Bondi Beach, and of course, their hemispheres are opposite, so they basically got to have two summers. And oh, you know, their experience, like so they got nice. to go to, they got to go to Bali. They see all those like temples yeah. and shit. Like their experience was vastly different. Yeah, it's um, crazy. So you know, that's another experience that you know is, is well worth it as well. Cool. All right, so we Let's can tie a bow on that one. We can tie a bow on the study abroad thing, and we want to wrap up by talking about what Allison's up to next. So, so we made it through college, and now. <laughs> We're semi-adults. We're now we're in the adult world. Oh, so God. what do you have so waiting for you, Allison? Going abroad, Allison kind of, um, I was wondering, like, did you, did that inspire you to, like, like broaden your horizons in terms of where you wanted to work? Because now you're you're yeah. planning to work for a, a British-based company. And yes. talk a little about that. Yeah, I know. After going abroad, I immediately was like, I want to live outside of the U.S. for a little bit longer or work outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. if I have the opportunity mm -hmm. to. And I want to travel. For me, I can't sit still. Like this quarantine has been really rough, even though I have been doing some traveling, hmm. safe traveling. But um, I like can't say I need to keep traveling. I need to keep going to new places. Yeah. And that's one amongst many reasons why I want to go into management or I'm going into management consulting because mm -hmm. it gives you the opportunity. Travel is a huge part of that job. Exactly. And I know you can get burnt out. And so I may rethink later when I want to start a family, but for now I want to. That's, that's many moons from now. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> a long time from now. So talk about like what your plans were pre COVID and how the situation has changed. Because yeah. You were supposed to go uh, live in London for a while. Yeah. So I accepted a job offer for a company called Elixir in December um, or in January and right before like COVID hit and everything. So I was set, like luckily I was one of the ones that had a job lined up in lockdown unlike so many people and it didn't fall through with uh, COVID and actually right now I've been on their team calls even though I'm starting in September and their business is booming in the US. They've been growing by like 50 or 60% hiring on so much new, so many new analysts and consultants. Mm. That's awesome. Which is so um, unusual. Makes you definitely feel more secure too. Yeah. Than that, you know? Yeah. And at first I was a little worried. They were like, you know, in the beginning, you know, every Boutique, company was you're like, oh, God, yeah, like, very small in the US right now. Um, but I was originally supposed to be going to London from September to December, mm. um, where they're headquartered kind of meet a lot of the analysts that work over there, train, get a little bit of training, and then come back 
to San Francisco and work in San Francisco mm -hmm. or in the U.S. wherever um, wherever their clients are. So because how much we travel, it would depend. A lot of since they're so new in the U.S., it's kind of wherever they're getting business. Mm -hmm. A lot in Dallas, the East Coast, and San Francisco for now. Mm -hmm. Um. So it would just to be depend, and then also the other opportunity was South Africa. They have a lot of clients in South awesome. Africa. That's right. Close. South Africa is booming right now. Yeah. So. so to be able to go there for four to six weeks and work on a client, like get to experience that culture too, I was really excited for. Unfortunately, everything is now remote for the time being. Mm -hmm. sure. So London is pushed off. I'm not even going up to San Francisco for the time being. I'm mm -hmm. just going to be staying in LA. Yeah. Are they going to be working remotely? Uh, I, I feel like. In the U.S., it seems like the the, the standard right now, yeah. um, until unless anything crazy happens vaccine-wise in the near future, like people are staying remote until January. Exactly. Um, is that the situation? Yeah, I mean, they haven't given me any like exact details and time-wise, because mm -hmm. I just don't think they know. But I like expect to be in LA for the rest of the year. Sweet. I saw Google push their yeah. uh, back to office date till next June. Yeah, so my one of my friends works at Google. She started in July, and it's like a voluntary. You can stay at home till June twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's probably smart. I mean, yeah, I know a lot. Maybe of a bit presumptuous, aren't. but probably not. You know, um, as long as like companies can can operate in, in a similar manner. I mean, like yeah. obviously it's impossible to operate the same um, way, but if you guys can you know convert business and turn over and operate. Um, remote that's probably the best the best way to keep everybody safe so yeah. I'm also yeah. sure a lot of companies are using this to test out future remote work oh you know? I mean I think things are changing um even like I know some companies are like okay you can work remotely permanently now mm -hmm. um, but yeah. yeah it kind of like flipped the whole like office idea on its head you know mm -hmm. recently is like certain company I feel like um, companies are kind of being exposed based off their ability to adapt right now because yeah. certain companies are ab absolutely exploding and other companies are absolutely you know shitting themselves right now yeah. in terms of anything in entertainment or anything based off ticket sales we need, um, to, we need to get someone on who's a commercial real estate broker in office spaces yeah. right i bet that's a super oh, interesting God. like changing. i bet they're being hammered right now. yeah well i bet also like a year from now like the requirements are going to change because like I could be a big company and maybe I am just going to have most of my people remote work yeah. and I'm just going to have office spaces like a good place to show. I don't need that much space. It's going to be a mm -hmm. lot smaller mm -hmm. meeting rooms and I'm going to want it to be a much nicer polished place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to of, pay for that. Exactly. Time. Yeah. Right. All right. So final question here. Finn and I have been um, um, thinking about a good way to close our interviews now uh, since we're getting a couple under our belt. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were thinking, we, you don't even know we were going to ask you this, but oh if gosh. you could project... Uh, like five 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 years from now, what you're doing? What would you say? Okay, five years. I'll be 27. Oh God. 27. Um. No, I'm gonna make it 10 I, years. Five years is too ten, close. See, but five ten, years. Ten can, is like. Ten is like I'm have a family. I'm married. In ten, you're 32. Eight. <laughs> eight. I have yeah. eight, eight years. Pre, okay, so pre 27. I would say pre 27 or 28. 30. What do you? Where, where are you at at 30? 30, okay, my life plan. I've, I've thought about it. Okay. Oh, you thought about it. Right. Um, okay, I would like, career-wise, mm -hmm. I definitely still want to have a career at, when I have a family. Mm -hmm. By, like, what, 28? I'd like to have, be married. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have kids. 
immediately. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to take a, a nice little honeymoon period of yes. like enjoying just exactly. being married with yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. kids by thirty. Because it seems like. like it seems like kids happen pretty quick after the marriage thing. So I know, but like, I mean, they're like rascals. They sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh God. Uh, um, career wise, I'd like to be successful. I don't know. To okay. Be, yeah. Like just to be a manager and coaching um, other employees and other new like new. Animals. Are you in LA? Where are you? Oh, um, I kind of would like to be in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, word. I totally feel that. That's totally a great feel place. San Diego vibe. Like I need to San be by the water. It's so cool. Um, but maybe a lot more relaxed too. Exactly. It's not like, chill. As I have a theory. Busy as LA. I have a theory that the pace of life from in terms of California just slows down the further south you go. So San That's Francisco. So true. San Francisco is so hustling so and bustling. You got tech going on up there. You you come down. Everybody's a little more relaxed down in down in L.A. But still, people are still, still a little on edge. You have like, Hollywood. Yeah. Everyone's dressing up to the go LA. out. Right. And it's so like, like going oh, out. It's still kind of Yaga moon shoes. going out. <laughs> it's still kind of a scene. You go down to where I'm from, Orange County. Like my dad wears t-shirt flip flops every Orange day. And then you go down. Day. You go down a little bit further, and then mm -hmm. you got like dudes that are surfing every day, living living yeah. their best life. That's the good life. Very um, and the pace, the you know the pace of life down there is you know really smooth Austin that is so I love that answer I know you guys I, can come visit I flirt with the idea of being a San Diego dude myself if you guys dude, want to join I've, I've always that's thought that's a age. very bold move but an admirable move <laughs> yeah. I've always respected people that want to go to San Diego because that shows me that they're like prioritizing like you know life what they want their life to look like <laughs> yeah you know? definitely. Like, like being in a big city doesn't really matter like doesn't matter as much to mm. just being in a comfortable place because exactly. there's probably a couple places in la where you could pull off that same lifestyle yeah but it's so dang expensive you know yeah. what i mean it's just Very like true. san diego's pretty expensive too dude i know but like <laughs> i feel like it's you, can, expensive, but yeah. you can you can you can i feel like being by the beach in la compared to being by the beach in san diego being by the beach in la is way more expensive mm -hmm. don't you think Right. Yeah. I, 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 I think that. so. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. No, I, I feel like you're right. To, depending on, yeah. like, if you're in La Jolla. Yeah, I exactly. Like, it's, no, I think it's. A little ritzy. Yeah. La Jolla is very. But maybe I'll, maybe I'll be in La Jolla with but all. like, Bird Rock, it's a little more, like, I feel like casual, more normal. Yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed. Both my parents, my parents met in San Diego, but mm -hmm. I don't know San Diego as well as I should, if, if that's, like, you know, the roots of, like, mm -hmm. where I'm from. <laughs> but, uh,. New yeah. plans when Corona's over. We're going to San Diego. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. San Diego trip. I've been wanting to go on a Actually, brewery tour of yo, San Diego so bad. Let's do it. My friend, my friend Cole, we, yeah. we got to go to your place in Coronado, dude, if you're watching. <laughs> Hopefully right. I can get the if invite. we were to be so lucky, <laughs> me and Allison are very free for the rest of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, for the foreseeable future, we're available to go to San Diego whenever we want. So, okay, to close this baby up, what's up, Doc? It is What's Up, Doc time. I have already wow. dropped mine. Fans um, favorite, it's What's Up, Doc time. In case you forgot, in case you forgot, um, my What's Up, Doc is on YouTube and anybody can watch it. It's called 20 Years in the Desert. Um, the reason I'm recommending this is specifically because of a Daft Punk show that they talk about mm -hmm. that is like literally gets my, like you get goosebumps watching this show because it's basically a, a show they did in 2007 that basically... Like they have Steve Aoki, they have Tiesto, they have um, shit. One other like big name DJ that were all like at that concert, and like literally that concert was like the thing that made EDM a, like a thing. And yeah. what we know as as popular as it is today, like that was almost the birth of EDM. That specific concert at Coachella that they 
um, talk about it in detail, which is really cool. That's cool. That is cool. So mine is uh, like a four-part docu-series called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And it's... Nailed it. Did I get it right? Yeah, it. I was like, fat, salt, I don't know. She was know. worried if she would get the <laughs> name right, but that's probably I it. I almost had to like write it down on my hand. But um, it's this chef that works at a Michelin star restaurant in Berkeley, and she tours all over the world into different parts, and she says the four best ingredients or ways of cooking to make a phenomenal meal or a phenomenal dish are with fat, salt, acid, and heat. So she goes to all different areas that specialize in these types of things. So with fat, she goes to Italy and it's like olive oil and mm -hmm. all of this stuff and she meets with locals and you really get like an inside look on this and it makes you really hungry. Makes you really hungry. That's a great documentary. Mm -hmm. um, so mine is going to be a documentary called American Factory. It's a, a documentary about this town in Detroit uh, that used to have a big car plant. Um, and then obviously things go south, a lot of car plants go down, Detroit falls in some hard times, and all these people are out of work. Mm -hmm. So a Chinese glass, automotive glass company decides to, you know, cut transportation costs down and they end up buying this car factory and employing the people. Mm -hmm. um, and it really goes to show the cultural differences in America and China and also the working conditions because at first these, you know, people are like so grateful to find work. These mm -hmm. people are foreclosing mm -hmm. on their homes and stuff right. like that. I mean, this with this plant gone, they can't survive. Yeah. They yeah. come in. 2008 Detroit was not yeah. good. It's brutal. Not but then this Chinese plant comes in, and you know these people go from being really grateful to being like the pay's not good, and like the work conditions are unsafe, and just like, and then meanwhile the managers go back to China to learn, you know, some like you know management techniques to manage these people, and it's like the people in China are working like. 10 times longer hours, right, so get yeah. one day off a month, you know. Right, and obviously and way less pay. Way less pay, and they're like, all the people in America have it so good. Mm -hmm. And it's basic, It's a very, very fascinating uh, documentary that kind of touches upon the cultural differences, really how capitalistic China is, you know. Um, and just, uh, it's, a, it's a really good watch, American Factory. Yeah, it's, it's made really... by the Obamas, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it seems people. like a really Produced interesting, uh, like, <laughs> very interesting case study. Yeah, she actually just started, Michelle Obama started a, a podcast very recently. First episode was with Jordan Peterson. Really good. Yeah, it's, well, it's contending with ours right now. I think we're 1-2 right now <laughs> on yeah, iTunes or something we're, like that. Her views are, like, half of ours. Yeah. <laughs> we're 1-2. I mean, um, nice try, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, though, you should listen. It's, like, very, very interesting. Uh, but, like... It seems like a very interesting case study in terms of like like manufacturing like everybody's understanding of china's economy is based on like how they have super cheap labor mm -hmm. really bad really bad like sweatshop type conditions and it seemed like they almost tried to do that in the u.s they, i haven't seen this documentary but they totally did and as they like they started off being like let's assimilate with america and then at the end they're like replace all of these people with chinese workers basically because uh -huh. they're like the american workers were like this is BS. Yeah, like, it was just right. so different than the standard they'd gotten used to that even though they had work, they were, like, pissed off. Like, people were, like, getting injuries and stuff like that. Like, it's not even worth it. Yeah, it's not even worth it. And, if, you know, go back to China, these people are in China moving from their family thousands of miles just mm -hmm. to get jobs in China. So they see the America's position open, and they're like, that's the, that's the easy one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, right. it's just crazy. It's a very good watch. I recommend it highly. All right, we just uh, wrapped it all up, and 
Thank That's you, everybody, yes. for listening to episode four of Loading with Will and Finn. If you're still on, it'd be really cool if you like or subscribe if you haven't yet. Or maybe follow Allison. Check it out. Linking this invisible thing we're not going to put. <laughs> so thank you so much yes. for coming, Allison. Thanks for awesome. having me, guys. Cheers. This was fun. Cheers. Cheers. Boom. <laughs> Thanks again, guys.